said, shut the f*** up, I'm trying to record. <laughs> All right. This is Milana Jamee Jackson, and you're listening to Duster Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> you just made the blooper reel. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Josh. And we host Essay Questions, a show where every week we pick something good to read and we use it as an excuse to have a conversation. Sometimes these are famous essays of historical importance, and sometimes they're more recent pieces that we just think are interesting. You know, it's kind of like college, except with all of the fun. Yeah, hope to see you there every Monday morning on the Jester Radio Network. Do you know any lousy motherfuckers? I bet you do. I bet you a lousy motherfucker. I sure am, XL, and that's why we're here to bring you the Lousy Motherfuckers Podcast. We have lousy motherfucking stories from politics and entertainment, and we'll even bring in your favorite comics from throughout Chicago land. So check us out here. The Lousy Motherfuckers Podcast on the Jester Radio Network. Stay lousy, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is Oscar Carbajal from Red Car Tackle, and you're listening to It's Been Done Before. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in this week to It's Been Done Before, the movie sequel podcast with your hosts, Michael Scarrow, Sideshow Bob, and I am, oh you threw one at me there, I'll be Bart, Bart Simpson <laughs> this week. Uh, the Bart. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we are going to be talking to you about a crazy movie here, and uh, let's uh, connect it with what we watched last week. Uh, last week we saw The Magnificent Seven that had, it was basically the Chris Pratt movie, um, yeah. uh, he, he kind of overshadowed everybody else in the movie as far as time and uh Devotion of story uh, to to him. Uh, he was also in the movie Moneyball with Robin Wright. Uh, Robin Wright Penn, I guess. Uh, yes. Whatever. I guess. Uh, Robin Wright was in What Just Happened with Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro is the star of this week's movie Cape Fear. The fuck is that movie? What just happened? Uh, it was like a straight uh, limited release film. Um, Barry Seidenfeld, I want to say, maybe two thousand eight. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, What's the was, deal with What Just like, Happened? Like an ensemble, uh, you know, dialogue heavy type movie. Right. Nothing too special. Whatever. So yeah, we're watching Cape Fear. Uh, we watched it already. We hopefully. did. Uh, uh, it's a remake of the nineteen sixty two, I believe, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, movie uh, that was starring Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum, uh, who are both actually in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, basic idea here is a convicted rapist is released from prison after serving a 14-year sentence. Uh, he blames the, his uh, defense attorney for uh, his time in jail and stalks the family of the lawyer who originally defended him. Um, just a little more than stalk them, I would yeah, say. Yeah, he's very efficient at it, too. Yes, he is. He's very good. Uh, Chris, let us know who, uh, who who put this all together for us. All right. Well, directed by Martin Scorsese, who doesn't need much of an introduction. Really? Never heard of him. Yeah. Who's this guy? Does he still work? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this dude's got a million credits, obviously. Some of the more notable ones. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Departed, Casino, Goodfellas. Uh, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. He's worked with De Niro quite a bit. We did Color um, of Money before on the show. You said The Departed, right? Yes, oh. I did. Uh, yeah, keep keep your ears open. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Scorsese obviously doesn't need much of an introduction. Um, this was actually originally based off a novel by John D. McDonald, which I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Um, this screenplay for this version was written by Wesley Strick. Uh, he did. Actually, a couple episodes of Man in the High Castle more recently, which is a pretty good show on uh, Amazon. Yeah, I heard it was good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's 
strange. Like it's it takes some twists that you didn't see coming. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But yeah. but anyways, uh, yeah, he did the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street screenplay. He did the piece of crap 2005 Doom with The Rock. He's <laughs> uh, got a bunch Carl, of other Carl shit. Carl Urban was in that one too, right? That yeah, a terrible movie. The Glass House, yeah. The Saint, um, Wolf, Arachnophobia, one of my favorite movies. That's the reason I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah, this is the reason I'm afraid of spiders too. Yeah. If anybody knows me, I'm deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah, you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big big on spiders. <laughs> but uh, yeah, You're a true believer. True hmm. believer. Yeah, bunch of stuff going back into the '80s. Uh, so our actors here, Robert De Niro, um, who, being a whiny bitch in real life, uh, can't really deny his uh, his, <laughs> his acting talents. You know, yeah. his, Robert his acting De Niro. chops. He's, yeah, he's gotta, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like him. Skill there. I don't like him as a human being, but you know, he's he's an incredible actor and sure. does well here. Uh, Matt said something about his accent, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, he does have like a southern accent in this, yeah. but he has trouble kind of hanging on to it because of well, obviously yeah. his... He's supposed to be from Georgia, I think, but his something accent like is like Louisiana by way of Brooklyn or the Bronx it's, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it sounds more Bayou-ish. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's it's, it's kind of it's, funny, but, yeah. but I mean, it's Robert De Niro, so obviously he's fucking good. Uh, Nick Nolte, who haven't heard much from in recent years. He was in Tropic Thunder, and after that, I don't know what else. He's had back-to-back rehab stints. That's oh yeah, he spends a, lots of time. Still a big yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. But it's Nick Nolte. It he's fucking awesome. Uh, Jessica Lange, Juliette Lewis, uh, Joe Don uh, Baker, and then Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck, who are from the original. Obviously, yeah. have their uh, have their roles in this one too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good cast. You know, oh, yeah. it's good acting. Good, pretty much everything from any everybody in this one. So for sure, let's see. It was released against Beauty and the Beast and uh, Kalfka. Whatever the hell that is sounds like uh, well, a yeah. Iranian film, and uh, <laughs> and you thought your parents were weird. I don't know what that is either. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, this was in '91. It grossed two a little over ten million at the box office in first place that weekend, and uh, the budget was thirty-five million, which is pretty big, pretty substantial for that time period. It went on to take in seventy-nine million in the U.S., another hundred million internationally for a grand total of 182 million which is probably equivalent to like 800 million in today's dollars easily and uh yeah and that doesn't even i doubt that even includes like the domestic uh video sale yeah, or the four VHS. bucks i got from you this morning yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was on cinemax well i don't have that oh okay um, yeah. skinemax but uh um, <laughs> so yeah no it made pretty good money for sure were there any uh, nominations for this, Matt? Yeah, we got uh, four, t- or four wins and uh, 19 other nominations. Uh, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, so that's the only reason we're talking about those. Uh, we got Robert De Niro was nominated for Best a- a- best Actor in a Leading Role, and Juliette Lewis was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, it won the BMI Film Award. Uh, it won the CFCA Award for Most Promising Actress for Juliette Lewis. It won the Jupiter Award for Best International Actor, Robert De Niro. It won the KCFCC Award for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, what is that? The Kansas, Kansas City, City Film City, Critics. Yeah. Uh, and we got... Uh, that's it. That's all it won. No, uh, that's all. It just won a bunch of stuff. Yeah, stuff. It, it was nominated some, some, for... Some things. Yeah. N- nominated for Academy Awards and stuff. That's a big one, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But if you're nominated, you're just first to lose. Uh, so, uh, what is it? If, if you're not first, you're last? Yeah, who the hell told you that stupid shit? <laughs> you did, Daddy. <laughs> you could be second or third. Hell, you could even be fourth. Uh, so IMDb gives this movie a 7.3 out of 10. Metacritic gives it a 73%. Rotten Tomatoes is a 74% overall and 77% from audiences. Roger Ebert gives it 3 out of 4 stars, and Google users give it 82%. It's kind of low for Google, seeing as everything else is kind of high yeah. for, you yeah. know what I mean? It's for surprising. Their, it's just funny that almost everything hits dead on for what the rating is. Like, it's almost all 75%. It's, oh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. funny. 
Um, yeah, and like Mike said, you can check it out on uh, Cinemax if you have that. If not, Amazon Video, iTunes, YouTube, Vudu, Google Play. Um, not on Netflix, unfortunately, because I did check there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's worth uh, giving a little bit of a extra effort for because it, it, it's a good movie. Um, so let's get into it. What do everybody think? I loved it. I mean, yeah, very very good. Uh, good tension. You know, it's reminiscent there of almost like a Hitchcock movie. I was telling these guys before we started rolling, and uh, I don't recall if I've seen the original. Uh, I've heard good things about it, but supposedly this really lives up to uh, the the status uh, that that or, you know doesn't uh, it doesn't let down those who have seen both. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's it's a classic, I guess, for being a remake too. A lot of people that know this movie might not even be aware that it's a remake type of thing. You know what I mean? Because at this point, this movie is what like almost fucking thirty years old or something. Twenty five, ninety one. So, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a great movie. It's definitely worth a watch. Check it out. You know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I remember it being much more suspenseful and creepy when I was younger. I was kind of mentioning this before we started recording. Yeah. Um, I think that might just be because uh, I was younger and I'm slightly more desensitized to this type of yeah, exactly. You know, the, yeah. the thing now. But uh, yeah, I it's fun. It's creepy. Uh, the it's very well acted by uh, all of the main characters. Um, well, maybe not all of them, but uh, for for the most part, the the two most important characters I think uh, are very very good actors in it. Um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the story here. Uh, it starts out. Uh, we get like the opening credits, which are longer than they should have been. Didn't it feel like they like kind of took yeah, a, a while? Bit. Yeah, I feel like a lot of those movies though from that era had a long uh, setup where they went through everybody, including like the fucking B team actors and yeah. uh, you know the C uh, product producers and all that. But uh, it did seem long. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess. I had it, fast it, and everything has cold opens now. I guess I'm just used to that now. But yeah. It, it did feel like it was a definitely a early '90s opening to a movie type of thing. <laughs> so we get like a shimmering lake reflecting things off of it. At first, it's like an eagle swooping down. Then it's like a close-up of human eyes. Then a face. Then it turns yeah, red. A little weird, but like I said, in the '90s, that's just how shit was. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the movie opens on Danielle's uh, eyes and face, and uh, she says that the only thing she feared that night was that the magic would end. Uh, and we see uh, Max Cady is in his prison cell, and he's kind of doing, like, push-ups in there. And um, he's got lots of tattoos. His back has a huge cross that has, like, the scales of justice on either side. One says truth, one says justice, and it has, like, a Bible on the truth side and a, a sword, I think, in the justice scale. Oh, they show him more later. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he starts putting his shirt back on, and the guard opens up his cell door, and he's like, you know, this is the moment you've been waiting for, and he's released from jail. And uh, they, he, had, he had to look all jacked while he walked out, so he did some push-ups as the guy was coming to release him. <laughs> yeah, right. He was uh, in a work of a sweat. He was 48, I guess, when he filmed this movie, so he was in pretty good shape, though. I have to oh admit, yeah for for that oh, age. Yeah, he's yeah a, he was pretty cut yeah, up for, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, for for him because you know, as a guy actor who fluctuates weights, like it's his job. Well, I guess it is his job. He definitely did a good job of uh, looking the part because the original was it Peck or was it. Uh, uh, or no, Mitchum was the was his character in the original, right? Um, yeah, Mitchum was I, his yeah, character I, in the original. The images that I saw or clips of it, he was pretty pretty ripped as well. So, I guess he looked apart. Oh, I'm so sure. Mike liked his body. Is what we're getting mm-hmm. at. <laughs> Great physique. <laughs> All right, so. Uh... Um, yeah, okay, sorry. And this is another scene. We might as well just get this out of the way now. The Simpsons episode that did the Cape Fear thing. Yeah. They fucking nailed it. Yeah. And after watching this again and knowing that episode so much, we talked about this off uh, off air, 
they fucking nailed it. And this is, this is one of the scenes that's in there when oh, yeah. you know when Sideshow Bob is you know working out the thing. Yeah. He's got the the love hate tattoos on his hands. Yeah, just all of it, man. They, they fucking nailed it. So. Oh yeah, dude. And well, this will probably be brought up several times in here. But. Uh, yeah, I watched it last night, so I was just shocked as to how much they caught almost the whole essence of the movie in such a short period of time. And um, the the music they used oh, all the music, the music at the yeah. same times and the same tones. It was very very yep. very good homage. Um, so Max leaves prison and as he's walking out, the guards are like, Hey, don't you want the books that you were reading? And he's like, I read them already. And he walks away and, uh, we cut to the, the Bowden's house and, uh, we see their maid is being dropped off like early in the morning and, uh, their daughter Danielle walks outside and as the maid is like arriving and she kind of speaks like basic Spanish to her, like Spanish 101. And, uh, her mom's inside designing like a logo or some artwork or something like that i'm not really sure what the hell her job is yeah they didn't really get into that too much and when she was when that first scene when right now when they're showing her drawing it didn't look like she was doing anything it looked like yeah. a little kid just making some strokes yeah know? she's like supposed to be a freelance artist i guess but yeah. it, it, it doesn't really she, never clear i wasn't too impressed and then uh we see sam uh who is the the father he's finishing up a trial and he's leaving the courthouse and he's talking to his buddy Tom, uh, Tom Broadbent is who they have him credited as. And he must be another lawyer because I, they don't really explain who he is, but he's always around Sam. So yeah. I'm guessing they work together. Um, then we cut to a scene from Problem Child where John Ritter is like freaking out. Yeah. And they play a lot of the movie for this being like a quick yeah. clip. And like, mm-hmm. and, and I know this scene from yeah, Cape yeah. Fear. It's a very iconic scene. The Simpsons did it did in it their well, episode, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I, they did it with Ernest goes to the mall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I forgot that Problem Child was the movie that was playing in there, and it's yeah. fucking awesome. And uh, we we see Max sitting in the theater watching the movie, and he takes out this huge cigar, like comically large cigar, and uh, he lights it up with a lighter that is like a woman's torso in a bikini, and uh, the nipples blink on the lighter. It's a uh, it's a hell of a lighter. Yeah, uh, it's big too. It's like the size of his hand. Uh, and when you uh, smoke a lot of cigars, you need a big lighter. <laughs> so Sam, Lee, and Danielle are also in the theater, and they're watching the movie. And the room probably has like 20 or 30 other people in it. Like, it's not an empty theater. And uh, Max starts laughing his ass off, and like the whole room is filled with the smoke from his cigar. Yeah, well, that kind of tells you a little bit about the time period, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah sure. it was fucking rude, but it wasn't illegal. Or yeah. maybe yeah. it was. Who knows? But still, it was just the guy just lights up a it's fucking It's like an stogie, unwritten, unwritten you know? rule at that time. It wasn't like yeah. fully banned in theaters uh, yet. Dude, it's yeah. North Carolina. That's Tobacco Central. Yeah. Well, not yeah, literally smoke exactly. anywhere. There's still tobacco fucking fields and shit. Yeah. But I, I think I mentioned this before. I remember when I was a kid flying with my mom and stuff. She'd just smoke right on the fucking airplane, man. That oh, shit yeah. was crazy back then. Dude, people, yeah, people were crazy. Uh, so Sam, like, leans over to, like, kind of ask max to calm down but max doesn't really react to him and sam just turns to his family and is like maybe we should move to some different seats and, and they do and i'm like pussy because uh, <laughs> solved a lot of problems right now buddy yeah way to stand up for your family and shit yeah and uh so max is like dying laughing at the problem child uh hey Vern, what's going on on this side <laughs> uh so the bowdens then go to get ice cream after the movie and uh danielle tells sam that you know he should have kicked the weird guy at the movie's ass and sam's like oh i'm not sure i could have done that and Lee's like, well, if you would have won, it would have had to have been with dirty fighting, you know, the way you always use. And didn't the daughter mention here, like, you were a boxer, blah, blah, blah. Something like Yeah, that. she said something about that. Like, you were a boxer, you could have kicked his ass. And I was like, oh, maybe that's going to come into play later where he's going to use his boxing skills. And it just never did. Nope, not even a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Sam's going up to the, the register to pay for the ice cream. And the cashier's like, oh, don't worry, it's already been paid for. How? Yeah. 
How? Yeah, I, 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 was, did he go there ahead of time knowing that they were going to go to this ice cream shop or I, while they were ordering, he snuck in, paid for it and ran back out to his car? I just I didn't get this. I didn't get it either. Uh, and Sam's like, well, what are you talking about? Who the hell paid for it? And she like motions to a man in a car outside and it's Max sitting in like a red Mustang convertible and he's still smoking his cigar. And uh Sam like goes to get his wife and daughter and he's like, why don't, why don't we sit inside tonight? And they like go in. So does Sam instantly recognize him? I don't think or does so. I just think, think it's so, weird. Because at later scene, yeah. I think he's genuinely like struggling to think. You know, put uh, connect he, his. Yeah, he face recognizes him from the other day, but uh, he doesn't know exactly what's going on. Here. Yep. So uh, they all go inside, and Max is just staring at them the whole time. And uh, when they get back inside, Sam kind of turns around to look at Max, and Max in the car just gone. Yeah, a truck drives by, <laughs> like in the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then when the truck moves. His, him, his car, all of it is just gone. Yeah, ghost car. Total ghost car. It's like, how the fuck did he pull that off? Like, that doesn't happen. He ghosts a couple times in this movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we cut then to Sam and uh, a law clerk that he works with, Lori, who's played by Ileana Douglas. Uh, and they're at the gym, they're playing racquetball, and they're flirting pretty hard with each other. Oh, he's slamming her up against the wall and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, they finish their game and Sam's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? We haven't even done anything yet. Playing racquetball? Yeah. yeah. We shouldn't be playing racquetball on our lunch breaks. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you know, maybe you're right. Uh, what, what? Maybe you're, you're, what's your wife saying about all this? And he's like, oh, she doesn't even know you exist. And I'm like, that's not a good thing to say. Like, No, now you're pretty much admitting that you're doing something fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, you are totally minimizing her by being like, oh, you're not even a person. She doesn't even know you exist. Like, Yeah, but this bitch doesn't seem to care at all. Yeah, yeah better wording would have worked. And uh, she's like, what, is it, what does it matter? Like, you know, I just like hanging out with you, and we have a lot in common. You're cute. You're funny. Uh, we could talk about, like, gossip from work and talk about judges and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, and she's totally, you know, she's in her head. She's like, and we're totally going to bang. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is where this is going. Yeah. I'm going to be sucking that Nolte cock not long from now. <laughs> uh, so Sam's like, you know what? Maybe we should uh, hang out again and play some more racquetball, like, before she leaves. And uh, she agrees and tells him, good, because I let you win this time, you know, and she takes off. And uh, Sam goes, walks through his car, gets inside, and he puts his keys in his ignition. And Max walks up and takes the keys like right out of the ignition, like yeah. David Copperfield shit. He grabbed that those keys fast as hell. Yeah, he did. And Sam's like, "What the hell's going on here?" And he's like, "I'm free as a bird." And Sam's like, uh, "Can I have my keys back?" And Max is like, "Oh, you don't remember me? I'm kind of insulted." See, but that's how you react to this. Like, you can tell Nolte's a bit of a pussy, man. Totally. So if I've I got in my car and I just started it, and then some dude walks up and reaches in, I would be out of my car so fucking fast, murdering this man. Like, oh, what the fuck are you doing, man? I'd you grab know? his arm and I'd open the door into him. What the fuck yeah. does he think you, he's doing? You do something. You're not just like, oh, excuse me, sir. You yeah. reached in my car and took my keys. Did you notice? Especially this is <laughs> 1991. Know? There's no cameras everywhere. There's no technology. Yeah. You can make a person disappear. Oh, yeah. Not as easily now. Uh, so, you know, he's like, oh, you don't remember me? And Sam's like, I remember you. You're the crazy guy from the movie house. And he's like, oh, I'm even more disappointed now. And he introduces himself and he's like, you know, you look a little different, Sam. He's like, uh, they say that most men gain an average of one pound a year until they each, they reach the age of 60. He's like, I lost one pound a year for every year of my sentence. And, uh, he holds Sam's keys out and then like pulls them back when Sam goes to grab him, like totally making Sam his bitch. And uh, he tells Sam that, you know, he's been away for 14 years, and he hands the keys back to him. And Sam's like, oh, you're looking pretty good. Max is like, oh, well, you know, thanks. It's hard to stay healthy in jail. He's like, you know, I only got one vice that I kept. He talks about, uh, you know, having his cigar and that uh, keeping a vice is the only thing that keeps you sane and makes you a man, you know, all these things. They let him smoke those big-ass stogies in the, in the clink? 
I maybe I don't I don't Good know. Question. That seems like a perk for so like, you know, like restricted to just mob bosses. Yeah, one, one I mean, would think from other Scorsese films. Obviously, you, I haven't spent too much time in jail, but you, you always see like the cigarette, you know, yeah. currency thing, blah blah blah. But those big fucking cigars, and they mentioned later that there was a guy that hated it, you know, when he yeah. was in with them and stuff. Yeah. So I guess he was just free to smoke his fucking cigars. Well, when uh, Rorschach goes to jail in The Watchmen, Mickey from Seinfeld is smoking a big it's ass true, cigar. Yeah. So maybe maybe second, it is a mob boss. Thing. Second time we've brought up Seinfeld. <laughs> well, it happens. So uh, um, he he says that you know you need advice to remain human. And Sam's like, well, why the hell are you here? And he's like, oh, you know, I moved here for the the mountain climbing and the outdoors. And uh, he's like, you know, it's a small town. You know, don't worry, we'll probably see each other again. And he kind of just turns around and walks away. And he says, you'll learn about loss as he's walking back to his car. And Sam's like, are we like as the audience supposed to kind of know what he said? Because Sam's like, what? And then he just kind of walks away, and that's it. He mentions it later. He's like, yeah. I think he said this. Yeah. But I couldn't catch it. Like, uh, I, I rewound it. I had to rewound it. Oh, I rewound it, too. Okay. He, uh, yeah, he says it, like, under his breath, and it's very... Yeah, he does, but I didn't know if, like, as the audience, it was meant for us not to know what he said at the yeah. time. Like, was, I couldn't yeah, tell. almost inaudible, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but, yeah, I, I had to... I, I, made, I, I went just, out of my way to find out what he said. Yeah, so. yeah I just went with it. I figured you would have. Yeah. I put a lot of faith in you that you'll do these things, so yeah. I don't have to. Uh, so, uh... Sam's like, what, what did you say? And Max doesn't respond and, like, leaves. And then Sam leaves and goes back home. And uh, Sam is, like, slowly pressing the Keanu Peas at his house. While, Keanu Peas. Uh, <laughs> you did just say Keanu Peas. Thank you. Keanu Reeves Peas. <laughs> Keanu Reeves Peas. <laughs> uh, so uh, while uh, Daniela's daughter is, like, trying to write a story for school about, like, their houseboat or some shit like that. And um, Sam, like, walks over and talks to his wife about, you know, going to the houseboat for a couple of weeks. And Lee's like, you know, you said that you couldn't go before when we asked, and, you know, I can't go now. Like, I'm, I'm busy. And she's like, and Danielle can't afford to miss any more days of school. And he's like, well, why couldn't she miss, like, two weeks or something like that? And Lee's like, uh, she might get expelled, like, as it is. We don't need her missing two weeks of school. And then they go on to talk about, like, well, like, that uh, they, she has a new drama teacher coming over from a college to, to help her at school and that it might make her more motivated and Sam's like, oh, she'll probably get the hots for the teacher. And I'm like, why would you be talking about your 15-year-old daughter like that? Yeah. Like, that's they, creepy. Poor parenting. Yeah. That goes, yeah. yeah. Or they know <clears throat> what kind of person she is. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> as we see later, it's kind of exactly what happens. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, Sam's like, you know, the school's being really hard on her for just caught, getting caught with some marijuana. And they keep calling it grass throughout the movie, which I loved. Yeah. It made it feel like they were like 1970 stoners. Yeah. Uh, so oh, well, that's probably because they because he does say like right here he's like oh we smoked our fair share of grass back in the day or whatever. Yeah. So that would have been you know this is 91 back in the day to them would have been the 70s. It was he crazy. must have been a hardcore pothead because he's like some cultures consider it a sacrament like yeah <laughs> like trying to justify to his wife that it's okay and uh she's like oh yeah it's a sacrament you know just like incest and necrophilia and bestiality <laughs> and I was like slow the fuck down lady yeah, like you're a little uh. Not not really comparable but. maybe her dad is jeff sessions and that's why she, <laughs> she's so upset about nice. it and then they fuck like they like get right to fucking as though there's no problems at all in their marriage where there obviously is lots of problems in their marriage yeah but i mean people in shitty relationships still got a bang I, I guess but you, it seems like he was going to bang other people and uh, whatever so when they're finished uh lee gets out of bed and she like looks at herself in the mirror she puts on lipstick, and I'm like, what's going on here? You just got done fucking. Uh, then uh, she, like, rubs on her eyes, and she looks out the window, and she sees Max sitting on top of, like, a wall that they have surrounding their house, 
He's like drinking a bottle of beer or something like that. And there's fireworks going off behind him. It's what, supposed to be Fourth of July. I was going to say, I was it? Because they didn't really acknowledge that too much. I'm like, what's with all the fireworks all of a sudden? I think that's what that's, the parade was for. I think so too. And oh if yeah, he, was, yeah, if he had served 14 years, which is what he says. I think he mentions it seen outside this car and when he takes the keys that he went in in July of '77 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, like so, maybe if he did 14 years, like to the day, or <laughs> is that know, how that works? Weird. I guess. Yeah. I guess what happened? You know, court years it takes months, if not years. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's for move. It's a movie. Yeah, and uh, this is something I love that they kind of do a lot of in this movie, where it's like she doesn't believe her first look, so she moves to the next window and opens <laughs> the blinds. I was thinking the same shit. And does it's it like, like three times. Yeah, she goes to each blind. It's like the same set of windows. <laughs> opens each one like, he's still there. Let me look through this set of blinds. <laughs> it's He's still there. Like, what the fuck? What's the difference? Yeah, and what fucking time is it? If there's a fucking fireworks show going on, you know, maybe it's 8, 9 o'clock. Well, it's summertime, you know, 9 o'clock or so. They've already fucked and are in bed. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Yeah, it, it did seem very strange. And it was dark enough. I mean, like you said, it's summertime, but it's it's got to be loud as fuck if that kind of a fireworks display is going on. It was right out. there. Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in their backyard. And uh, so she wakes up Sam and tells him that someone's outside. And Sam gets out of bed and she's like, "Turn, the, leave the light off. Leave the light off. Like, don't let him know that we're up. And they both put their robes on. And Sam's like, I think I might know who it is, you know, like. Not telling her who it is or how he might know. Just, yeah. I think I might know. And uh, he gets a flashlight. They both go outside wearing their robes. And Sam's like, I want you the hell off my property. And then he walks into the backyard. and No one's there. Max is gone. He ghosted again. Of course. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if this was like the sixth sense and it was all in his mind? Yeah. Or Max is a guy that he killed like 14 years ago who's now just haunting him. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we should have wrote this movie. Yeah, well, we can write another. We can do another touch to it, you know. Or if she was looking at him out of the window and a truck drive drove through the yard and, and as the truck him. drove by, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he disappears. <laughs> Every time a truck drives by, he's just gone. So uh, Lee touches her lips as though she forgot she had put on lipstick. And I didn't like, get shocked this. by that i don't i don't understand. i thought it was gonna come up later like she's been cheating on him like yeah. she was the one fucking around all you know the whole time and she's wearing that lipstick to remind her of somebody i don't fucking know but or that she's like steve buscemi and uh billy madison and she's just crazy <laughs> yeah uh yeah. so they go back inside the house and uh sam tells lee uh what max said about him knowing loss and lee's like well who the hell is this guy and sam tells him that max went to prison but acts like he doesn't really remember much about him or the case and he's like, he's probably just some ex-con that's pissed off at his lawyer. You know how that happens. The 70s were a blur to Nick Nolte, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the next morning, uh, Sam tells Lee to call the cops about Max. And he says that if uh, if the creep comes around, uh, that, you know, to call him instantly and uh, call the cops as well. And uh, he, tells, he tells her, you know, that uh, Max just got out of prison. And he's sure that uh, Max doesn't want to go back, you know, so just call him the cops and probably scare him off. And uh, he goes to work, and he has a meeting with his buddy Tom. And Tom starts filling him in about another lawyer, Lee Heller, um, how he's some, like, hotshot, big-name lawyer in the state, I guess. And uh, Sam then fills Tom in about the whole Max situation. And Tom tells Sam that, you know, Max hasn't really done anything illegal yet, and that if he's worried about him, he should get a restraining order. And Sam's like, I filed one this morning. The hearing's in 10 days, which seemed like a long time. Enough time for someone to get killed in the Easily, yeah, yeah. Like if you That's how the system works, though, man. <laughs> but he's a lawyer. Like, shouldn't he know how to, like, fast-track stuff? Yeah, he has connections and shit, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's get this done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he tells Sam about Max's case, and he says that it was a rape case, that he beat the shit out of this girl and raped her, 
And he said, but there was evidence that he suppressed or like buried that uh, the woman was very promiscuous and that uh, it could have possibly given him a lighter sentence. But he saw how brutal the rape was and didn't want to, you know, uh, let him get off. And Tom's like, does anybody else know about this? He's like, no, no, I buried it. And he's like, well, you know, uh, a man's entitled to a good defense and you were his defense lawyer. So really, you know, you kind of let him down there like what you did was illegal. You deserve what's happening to you. Yeah, <laughs> every second of it. And uh, Sam's like, but there's no way he could have known about that. He's like, he was an illiterate. He couldn't even, like, you know, there's no way he could have found out. And uh, we go back to Sam's house, and uh, Lee asks Danielle to come down and, like, hang out with her for a little bit. And Danielle's like, why? And she's like, oh, is it because of this creep that's showing up? Is he a, a peeper or a flasher? And Lee's like, what the hell would you know about all that? And she's like, I've been flashed before. Yeah, this what? part was like, what? first yeah. of all, as a parent, you'd be like, wait a minute, are you fucking serious? Yeah, you're 15. You know what I mean? When were you flashed? I, and by who and where? We're in a small town. So I remember uh, when we went to Our Savior yep. back in the day, going old school. Yep. Shannon and- Your sister, remember, your sister. Yeah, my sister. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so my sister um, and another girl yeah, that Mel- went to school. Another girl named Melissa that we went yeah, to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were flashed down at the fucking corner. And I remember them coming into school. I was down at the office for some reason. Yeah. They came in. They told people my fucking dad was there yeah, to I remember. pick us up. Man, my dad oh, went dude, fucking driving around it. looking for motherfuckers, dude. And if- my dad would have found this guy. My dad would be in prison. And, right now. I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he would be like Max doing push-ups in jail. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Yeah, I think we were maybe in eighth grade because or seventh grade. You they were crossing were, guards. Yeah, I remember. So we yeah. were ten or I mean eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. Thirteen, maybe, maybe yeah. at most. Yeah, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, your dad's ready to kill a guy. This girl's fifteen, oh, telling yeah. her mom, "I've been flashed before. Like what does it matter? Deal, yeah. Like it's a rite of passage. Ooh. Like oh, I couldn't wait. You know, I mean." is she talking about yeah and she took it pretty with the mom was just like oh ha 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 like what yeah she she's like what oh, wrong with you? i apologizing for assuming that you haven't been flashed before and it's like no that's that's not only not the appropriate response yeah, uh, like that, that that's a joke that we would tell amongst ourselves as adults you know yeah. whatever but about you don't tell that to you your flashed. 15 year old fucking kid well i'm just saying <laughs> yeah oh well, i thought well, about like yeah, no like, like, well, well, like oh well, that time i flashed those young girls at the park <laughs> oh yeah well i mean <laughs> like just uh, water cooler talk <laughs> hey girls i got <laughs> exactly. a joke for you look at this what you do this weekend <laughs> well i got a new trench coat <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> moving on so uh um lee tells danielle to do whatever the hell she wants then but not to go outside and uh, Daniel leaves her mom, who is kind of a weirdo throughout most of this movie. Uh, so we see Sam walking down the street, and uh, Max pulls up alongside him and says hello to him. And uh, he stops. They both kind of look at each other, and then a group of teenage girls walk past them. Max is like, oh, they're so sweet at that age. He's like, you know, I have a daughter of my own, and she doesn't even know me. And uh, he's like, her mother told uh, told her that I was dead, which is probably for the best. And Sam's like, why are you stalking me, weirdo? Like, what the fuck is going on here? He's like, you know, why aren't you bothering, like, the judge or the district attorney or, like, somebody else more responsible than me for you being in jail? And uh, he's like, you know, you raped and beat a girl. That's a federal crime, like, or a capital crime. You could have gotten a lot worse of sentence than you did. And uh, Max is like, oh, you know, I learned to read in jail. Is that, though? I don't I don't know. Can you get the death penalty for rape? Just rape? You know what I mean? Probably. I, Maybe down there. It would be nice. I would hope so, case. but I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, that'd be great. You know? yeah. Yeah. I wish that take was, him out I wish back and fucking shoot him. You know yeah. what I mean? No, yeah, no, that would be fucking yeah. amazing. Immediately after uh, the guilty plea comes in or the guilty verdict, just yeah, take him outside, shoot him in front of the victim's family. Yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Or let them fucking shoot him or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never really got that. Why people on death row are there for like 14 years. You know what I mean? Like It's an appeal process. I know, but come on, man. Just fucking whack them. Meanwhile, the states or the counties, governments have to pay for their... Yeah, uh, 
their incarceration the entire time, which is averages yeah, like $25,000 a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fucked up. But but I was just thinking when he did say this, he's like, you could be on death row right now. I'm like, could he? Yeah. You know, maybe in Georgia. Is that where this takes place, Georgia or something? Well, this Whatever. takes place in North Carolina, but he was North in prison Carolina. in Georgia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, so Max tells Sam that he learned to read in jail and that uh, after Sam was no longer his attorney, he acted as his own attorney. And uh, he's like, so it's kind of like just two lawyers sitting here talking shop. And Sam's like, you're not a fucking lawyer. And he's like, so how much? How much money? And Max is like, how much money for what? He's like, to leave me alone. How much money to get you the fuck out of my life? Max is like, look at me. Look at my card. I am not in need of money. Yeah, he's driving around in like a mint 64 and a half Mustang, dude. Like, that thing's fucking it's nice. Yeah. And, uh. Didn't your dad really quick, Mike? Your dad had a fucking Mach 1 when we were growing yeah, up, didn't he? A that 70 fucking car uh, Mustang Mach tits, 1 man. with, uh, like, it was grabber yellow with the black racing stripe. Oh, God. Was, yeah, I remember that thing. That fucking thing so nice. Yeah, I missed that thing. Wish he still had it. <laughs> so, uh, Max has Sam. He's like, have you ever been a woman? He's like, you ever been a fat hillbilly's wet dream? And uh, I hope I have. Yeah, and he starts talking about how he was raped in jail. He was pinned down by four white guys and then pinned down by four black guys. And it's like, am I supposed to feel bad for you? You're a fucking rapist. Yeah. Like, Fuck yeah, you. guess what? Well, <laughs> actually, at this point in the movie anyways, you're not 100% if what Nolte buried actually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he was maybe innocent, you know what I mean? And being in prison is what made him fucking psycho. I guess you're right, but yeah. Well, I, I'm seriously. When I was watching the movie at this point, I'm like, man, maybe you know what he did because he starts. I don't know if he brought it up yet, but he starts saying, you know, how he lost his family over this, blah blah yeah. blah. Like it ruined his fucking life, obviously. But at this point in the movie, I'm not 100 percent if maybe he actually did it. Maybe he was innocent. Blah blah. You know, whatever. So I don't think so. I think he was a piece of shit that blames oh, this yeah. guy because he got a harsher sentence than he feels he should have gotten because the woman was at fault. Yeah, he he had yeah. 14 years of no raping. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he has to get all this raping out, off. yeah, as much as he can. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, he tells him, you know, basically that he was raped. He's like, "What's the appropriate compensation for that?" And Sam's like, "I don't know, ten grand." And I'm like, "You're shooting way low, buddy. If I had to yeah. do 14 years of jail and got raped multiple times. If you offer me ten thousand dollars, I'm laughing in your face." All right, you can rape me. Yeah. So uh, Max looks confused, and uh, he's like, "You want to talk about that number?" He's like, "Let's talk about a number." And he's like, "Let's say twenty, thirty. No, let's go fifty thousand dollars. If you divide that by 14 years." It's only about like $10 a day. And he laughs and he's like, 14 years. And uh, all of a sudden an alarm goes off on his wristwatch and he's like, oh, got another appointment. Got to go. And just, yeah, and just takes, takes the fuck off. He does that a couple times in this movie <laughs> where he's just landing in the middle of being a fucking weirdo and just like, oh, see ya. <laughs> Later. Uh, so Sam goes back to work and he gets a call from Lee. And uh, we get a hard cut to him driving his car back home. And uh, Lee is at home crying and she tells him that their dog died in like a really strange way. And, uh, like, it, like, started acting funny, then it kind of, like, walked around in a circle, curled up, and, like, died. Yeah, she said he, like, wound down and just died. And, uh, she thinks the dog was poisoned. And Sam's like, well, I told you not to let the dog outside. And she starts screaming at him. She's like, I didn't let him outside. And she starts, like, girly punching him in the chest. Yeah. And, like, uh. Girly punching him. (laughs) I've used that as a description a couple times. (laughs) That is awesome, yeah. And, uh, they begin to have, like, an argument. And Danielle, like, gets up and walks away and slams the door behind her, like, as this has happened, like, many, many times before. And uh, Sam goes to the police. Which so real quick, when I was a baby, I don't really remember this. Shannon might, my sister might, because she was a little older than me. Uh, my dad had an Alaskan Malamute named Como. There's pictures of it. I think maybe when I was a little baby, there's pictures of me. Blah blah blah. But my dad actually suspects that somebody poisoned Get Como because yeah, he was still pretty young when he died, and there was like just this yelp, and then he went out and he was dead. He thinks maybe it was a neighbor thing. Was never quite able to 
figure out as far as I know what oh, happened. Man. You know what I, I mean? So, I'm sure so yeah. So like when I saw that, I'm sure. Yeah. Case, you know, I mean, so dad, uh, let me know. Cause I know you listen to this. If, uh, if you, have any if you actually knew what happened when I was growing up, and you just never to told me. Clean. Yeah. It's time to come clean. I'm a big, I'm a big boy now, dad. You could tell me what happened to the fucking Como, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's tragic. It is man. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So, uh, RIP. So Sam goes to the police uh, after all this, and the cops tell him that, you know, they can go mess with Max in a lot of different ways. And uh, they bring him in for questioning, and Sam and, like, the cop uh, watch from behind a two-way mirror. Though he calls it a one-way mirror. Isn't it a two-way mirror when you can see through it and they can't see you? Yeah, one-way mirror is just a mirror, right? That's what I thought. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. I figured That's a one-way mirror was just a mirror. Whatever. I okay. Don't know. You're you're racking my brain now. Two way window or something. I don't know. It's, <laughs> Two yeah, way it's window. Mirror, That's mirrored. just a window. <laughs> so uh, the police then uh, bring Max in and they start to strip search him and we get a close up of like all of his tattoos and uh, one of them says "Vengeance is mine" in like a Bible verse notation for what that is. Yeah. And another one says that uh, uh, "My time is near" with like more Bible notations. But at least they did them like legit fucking prison tats like they're shit tattoos yeah. oh yeah they are and uh we get lots of other re- religious and vengeance themed tattoos all over his body and uh they find his checkbook and he has thirty thousand dollars in his account and uh one cop says that you know max's mother passed away while he was in prison they sold the farm and max got all the money and uh the cops only like, 30 grand though that seemed low to me too yeah well maybe there are other siblings for a farm Maybe. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, then the cops are like, uh, well, do you have any proof that Max poisoned the dog? And Sam's like, no. He's like, but Max came into my house. Uh, or he, he's like, but Max, like, I know Max did it. And, or Katie, they call him Katie a lot. And the cop's like, well, did he come into your house to do this? And he's like, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. He's like, well, dude, you're a lawyer. Like, you know the law. Like, what do you want me to do here? Yeah, but I mean, at this point, too, if you're pretty sure this guy did it, be like, yeah, he came into my fucking house. I saw him. Go arrest the fucking, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, definitely. Just say it. Just yeah. lie. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah, and uh, we keep seeing Max get stripped down, and eventually he gets to, like, this weird-looking banana hammock. That, yeah, like, I was going to say, like... what? I, for a second, so it's like, um, what, what color was it? It, it was like Zuba pants. Yeah, fucking, yeah. Uh, like if black remember, and pink or something? Yeah, if you're not old enough to know what Zuba pants are, look that shit up. But, yeah, it was like Zuba pants underwear. And for some reason, because it kind of stood out, I thought he was going to be like, those are mine. Like, he <laughs> took them from my house. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for, but that never came. I was like, ah, oh, that would have been so perfect. I was like, those are my wife's. <laughs> I would love to see Nick Nolte walking around in those fucking banana hammock uh, underwear. I don't know if I would, hilarious. but I'll take a glance. Oh, that would be – I had to watch Robert De Niro. Nolte would be a lot funnier than that. Uh, <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> His hair all over the place like his mugshot. <laughs> oh, that's the best mugshot ever. If you yeah. guys don't know the Nolte mugshot, look Google that up. shit for sure. All right, so uh, let's take our first break. What are we so- sponsored by uh, this time, guys? Bringing it back, Wafflebot has sponsored us again for the <laughs> first time in nearly four months. Since, nice. uh, Thank you, Wafflebot. Since uh, December. Yeah. yeah, we're also selling uh, uh, Keanu Peas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go Stay run to your local uh, Keanu Peas store and hey, pick some up. They have them at Radio Shack, I believe. Oh, they I do. Thought, I yeah. thought figured Farmer's Market you'd get some Keanu Peas. <laughs> <laughs> That and Woolworths. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey, this is Tony Valley. And I'm David Gaffrey. And we host a podcast called Jacking Off with Tony Valley, where every week we interview poker players and game runners about the ins and outs of the underground world of poker. And we discuss strategy, philosophy, and other topics. You can listen to us on the Just Radio Network every Thursday at 9 a.m. at jackkingoff.com, or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And now back to It's Been Done Before. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're still talking about Cape Fear, the 1991 remake. Uh, we left you off where um, our villain, Max, was kind of being strip-searched in front of uh, the guy he's going after, Sam. Um, and we got to see a nice banana hammock. Uh, we got to find out that uh, Sam should be smarter as a lawyer and realize that he really doesn't have any evidence against Max and can't go to the police yet. Uh, and we're going to pick you up where... Uh, Another kind of semi-iconic scene from the show, from the movie, where they're at the Fourth of July parade. Yep. So uh, Sam and his family are walking on the street. Uh, they're going up to the parade, and Sam tells uh, uh, Lee that sooner or later Max is going to make a mistake, and the police are going to catch him. And she's like, "I'd like to kill him." And uh, they get there. They're standing on one side of the street, and Max is standing on the other side of the street, like watching the parade, but really staring at them. Perfect position, too. Yeah. It's like, did he know? Like, hey, this happens so much in this movie too, where it's just. He just nails it, like where they're gonna be and yeah. where you know they're at a whole fucking parade. How did he know where they were gonna stop and so watch it? And then he's just right across from him, you know. It's, yeah, he's I, really, really good at this stalking. Thing. <laughs> well, he has learned their tendencies perfectly. Yeah, um, and he just got out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like she was barely born, like, uh, when Danielle was barely born when he went into yeah, jail. True, so, right? like, how could he know what she's like? Uh, whatever. Uh, so Sam sees, uh, Max, he tells Lee, and then he just instantly walks across the street to confront him, which, I, I mean, I get, I guess. You know, you think a guy killed your dog, you're probably going to go over there and say something. Um, and, like, your, wi- your wife's dog. It wasn't his dog. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the wife's dog. Uh, so Sam asks Max, like, what he's doing there. And Max just keeps staring at Lee and tells him that she's a hot piece of ass and that uh, Sam's a lucky man. And Sam then, like, I don't know if he punches him or shoves him, but, like, knocks Max to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of people break the fight up instantly and, like, help Max up to his feet. And they all kind of look at Sam like he's an asshole. And Max is like, hey, you've got no right to do that. He's like, you know, I could sue you if I wanted. And uh, Max turns around and just walks away, like, all casually. And everybody's looking at Sam like, what the fuck was that about? Mm -hmm. Like... Everybody this, is in the where town- you, this is where you say, like, hey, this guy's stalking my family and killed my fucking dog, man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody here, Just this guy. It. Yeah. Like, you live in this small town. People might know you. Yeah, the police might not be able to fucking prove it, but you can tell people in the court of public opinion can know this guy's yeah. a creep. I didn't even think of that. It, it is a small town. Just start telling everybody you know. Be like, hey, you see this fucking guy around, man. Yeah. He's fucking, like, stalking me. Yeah. He's a He went to creep. jail He's for rape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You kind of throw that around a small town, man. You might get pitchforked out of there, you know? <laughs> No, but Sam wants to keep it all on the low because he was having an affair and hid some evidence Wasn't about a rapist. Wasn't even an affair. No, I mean, yeah, a pretend affair, like yeah. a pre-affair. Idiot. <laughs> uh, so Lee walks over and she's like, what the hell's going on here? And she just left Danielle alone on the other side of the street. Yeah, that's what you do. And I'm like, ah, oh, more good parenting. Yep. This is like the opposite of Dr. Spock. This is like uh, <laughs> Dr. Worf because this is fucking nothing to do with, you know, being a good parent. Uh then we we cut to a bar and Max and Lori are like at a bar together. Lori is very drunk, and uh, she's flirting with Max and uh, she tells him like the story about her and Sam and how Sam stood her up and um, she says that she hasn't slept with Sam yet. And uh, Max starts kind of teasing her and uh, she asks Max where he's from and Max is like, "I'm from Georgia State Correctional Facility." And she laughs and she's like, "Really?" And he's like, "I'm serious." And she laughs again and she's like. You know, I want to tell you a joke. And she's, like, too drunk to remember the joke at first. And then she tells it perfectly. And she's like, <laughs> it's about this guy who killed his wife by, like, cutting her up into 52 pieces. And uh, the girl that was, like, like met him on a date was like, oh, so you're single then. And they both laugh. And uh, she's like, so what did you do? And Max is like, oh. He's like, I cut my wife into 52 pieces. And they both laugh. And she's like, no, really, what did you do? And he kind of starts to skirt around the answer, and then he tells her this story that I'm sure he had been co- concocting for years <laughs> yeah. to make himself. He's like, "What would be the most like 
likable story I could yeah. tell as to why That's I would be in jail. People, like, people feel sorry for me if I'm in jail. Yeah, you know? he says that he was protesting a nuclear power plant or something like that. I guess. And in, that, in, uh, in Springfield. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the police came to protest him or to, to arrest him and everybody else. And that one of the cops got a little too handsy and violent with one of the women that was there. So he turned around and punched the guy in the face and ended up in jail for it. So he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, a protester with a heart of gold. It was just defending a woman's honor. For 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he didn't say he had been in jail. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, so Lori is pretty satisfied with that answer, and uh, she orders another drink. And instantly we cut to them back at her place ready to fuck. And uh, Max gets on top of her. Uh, she is very drunk, and he kind of like flips her over in a rough way. And she's like, ooh, we're going to have a little like little rough. I like it like that, you know? And uh, yeah, she's receptive. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> then takes out some handcuffs and like starts to cuff her. And she's like, ooh, am I under arrest? And he's like, not exactly. And then uh, cuffs her other wrist. And then he starts getting violent. He, like, grabs her arm and twists it and, like, breaks her arm. Uh, then uh, he, like, bites her neck and takes a chunk of flesh out of her. Right out of her cheek. Oh, that's her cheek? I thought it was her neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah cheek. right out of her cheek, dude. And, like, when he fucking rips it off, too, it's like you see the teeth mark, like the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the classic bite marks in her fucking face. Yeah, it was gross. It was pretty brutal. And then he starts punching her in the head. Yeah. And then uh, the camera leaves the room, and we see like his silhouette through closed drapes, and he is just pummeling her as she screams. Yeah, yeah. pretty disturbing. Even uh, even without showing it, just I think that's uh, the the look they were going for, just yeah. the tension building. Yeah, I mean, this is almost the point too, where if I had any doubt of whether he did it before, and maybe just being in prison innocently kind of made him a psycho because losing his family. It's like, nah, he's yeah, he's probably know, always been. Nuts. He has no problems raping and beating this chick. Yeah, he probably did it last time too. And <laughs> yeah. because it's her, you also know it's not like this was just a random woman he met in town. That oh no, he did. The, yeah, he picked her on purpose. Yeah, he targeted her to target Sam so that he could be like, look, I raped this other woman you're with, and I can rape your daughter or your wife too you know and um uh after after that we cut back to sam's house and he's like at the piano again and he's playing with some keanu peas and uh <laughs> he notices that uh the wire for one of them is missing so you know you hit it it makes no noise and uh he turns to danielle he's like uh do you know anything about this like what's going on she doesn't know and then he goes to the lead he like asks her about it in a very like accusatory manner like you know what do you think about this missing like piano wire <laughs> and she's like no what the fuck are you talking about uh, and then he gets a call, like, from the police right away saying that they might have a break in the case. And he's like, okay, I'll be right there. And, uh, he gets off the phone and he tells Lee that, you know, Max raped another girl. Like, another in quotations. And Lee is like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought you said he was in jail for battery. And he's like, he was. I got him off on the, I got the charges reduced for him. And she starts giving him shit about, like, being the type of lawyer that would get a scumbag's charges reduced. Uh, which she does a bunch in this, like, yeah, like she is constantly critical of the fact that he's a lawyer, and it's like, yeah, but you got a pretty nice life, yeah. You don't work, married a lawyer, yeah. So, yeah. And you, he's been a lawyer at least to. fourteen years, yeah, So and, you knew this going in, and he was like a public defender too back then. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like those guys are fucking scumbags a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, a lot of times these dudes know that the dudes they're defending are fucking guilty as shit, absolutely. but they just want their payday they're and they like want to the, look good and they want to advance their career so they don't care. Yeah, like know? the, like, uh, what, the ambulance chasers of the, you know, of the law, you know, of the, of the court world or whatever. Just yeah. Scumbags. I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with it. Uh, so Lee asks him, like, how old the girl was and Sam says 16. And Danielle comes walking into the room and hears 16 and she's like, what's going on? And uh, Lee looks at her and realizes that she could be uh, one of Max's targets for a raping. And uh, she just walks past her without a word. Once again, good parent. Not like, you know that creep that uh, has been bothering us? Uh, you might want to, you know, be very w- mindful of him. And if anything weird happens, 
come to your parents and let us know because we care about you and we love you and we don't want anything bad to happen to you. Nah, just keep her in the dark. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, then uh, the cop and Sam uh, meet up at the hospital, and uh, the cop says that the, there's a girl that was beaten pretty badly and she's afraid to talk, um, but they think that it was uh, Max. And uh, she's saying that she fell down the stairs. And Sam walks into the room. Well, they, they said, too, which I didn't really understand because they're like, somebody um, got the license plate. They're like a neighbor got the license plate of the car as he drove away, and they said his name. They're like, it was Max. What's his last name? Uh, Katie. Katie. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was Max Katie, but she doesn't want to talk. I was like, well, if you heard the screams and there's a witness that saw him leaving, do you really need her to say that fucking, you know what I mean? Like, And maybe you might, like, down the line at the trial, but, like, right this moment, that's enough to pick him up and question him. Exactly. Yeah. At least. <laughs> Uh, so Sam opens the door to the, the hospital room, and it's Lori laying in there. She's crying, and she sees Sam, and she's like, oh, Sam, and like turns her head and keeps crying. And uh, he sees that her right arm is in a cast. Her face is covered in bandages and bruises, and uh, he's pretty shocked by, by what he's seeing right now. And uh, the cop's like, do you two know each other? And Sam's like, uh, we, we, we work together. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll give you guys a moment. And uh, the cop leaves. And Lori's like, you know, uh, I was so upset about you standing me up the other day, and uh, – you telling me that my wife didn't even, or your wife didn't even know that I existed, and uh, she's like, I just wanted to go out and do something reckless. She's like, this was really reckless, and she starts crying, and uh, he tells her that you know Max has done this before, and that she's gonna need to testify against him to make sure that he goes away for good. And she's like, oh, I'm not doing that. She's like, I wouldn't want to be embarrassed to explain, you know, what happened here and what I did and how drunk I got, and uh, I don't want to have to discuss mine and your relationship up on the stand if they ask about that. She's like, you know, and I'm a I'm a lawyer. I work in this business i i know like the other side of it and how we're going to be treated and what what the likelihood of uh you know him actually doing daytime time would be and uh sam was like you know no you have to you, you know she's like you know i can't i can't i can't he even says she's like I, you know you wouldn't want he's like i don't care he's like go ahead talk about it and nothing's fucking happened anyway so go ahead let's put it out there who gives a shit you know it's like this dude just got out of fucking prison if he's already raping just say so and he's going back to prison yeah you know probably I mean? longer than 14 years this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Sam leaves, and him and the cop are standing outside, and he's like, you know, is there something going on between you two? And he's like, no, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, we could be discreet about everything here, but, you know, we just need to know all the information. And uh, he's like, we don't have enough to arrest Max. And as you said. Bullshit. Yeah, man. at least enough for questioning. And Sam's like, you know, I think that Max is planning to rape my wife. And the cop's like, well, I can't arrest him for, like, planning to rape your wife. And I'm like, I think you can. Yeah, or at least that's you can. what I thought, too. Maybe not like, planning, yeah, but, like, questioning him wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if you think he's a rapist planning and plotting a rape. Yeah, isn't that, like, conspiracy, too? Oh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I would think or so. Something? It like, sounds right. Like, if you have plans laid out to rape somebody and <laughs> you get caught first, like, well, I haven't done it yet. You get out he's of here. He's got, like a, like, a Macaulay Culkin-esque map drawn out <laughs> of how he's going to get her. <laughs> Stick figures and shit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That would be so good. Uh, and he tells Sam, he's like, you know, there's a way to catch Max is to lure him in with some bait and then take him out. He's like, you know, like a wolf or a coyote that would be poaching from your herd. And uh, Sam's like, you want me to use my family as bait and then blow Max's head off when he makes a move? And the cop's like, hey, 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 I can't advise any person to take the law into their own hands. He's like, I hope that you're just being uh, fastidious about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's what I am. Like sarcastic as hell and just walks away. And uh, Sam gets home, and he starts closing all of his windows and locking all of his doors. I'm like, I don't think that's going to help, And dude. should that have been done, like, from the start? Too? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, now he's taking it to another level. Yeah, but he's clearly stalking you. He killed your fucking dog. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? And uh, Danielle's in her room. She's listening to her Walkman. She's watching a movie. 
And uh, Sam then talks to uh, Claude Kursky or Kursk or something like that. He's a private investigator. Uh, it's Joe Don Baker. And uh, he uh, asks him about Max and he tells him uh, what the situation is. And um, he tells Claude that, you know, Max went to jail for raping a 16-year-old girl. Claude asks him uh, if Sam's daughter is about that age. And Sam's like, Danielle's 15. And I'm like, oh, God, of course, of course. So why wouldn't you just get a gun and shoot this guy? Like, if you really were worried this guy was going to rape your daughter, would you wait for the police to do something? Well, or would you go and take care of it? Well, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, us? Yeah. <laughs> Me? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, done. Normal yeah. human men? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be fucking over with. Yeah. but um, Especially in 1991 where I knew there was almost no chance that surveillance footage was going to catch me. And the, you're in the middle of North, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. You could make him just disappear. You got a houseboat. It, like in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be feeding him the things. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be too hard, but yeah, I guess this guy's just a fucking bitch. But uh, did did it already come up the part where he's talking to his wife at the front door and he's like, "Oh, what would you do with a loaded gun in the house?" Um, I don't know. I did think it? it's still coming up. Is it okay? I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we'll get I, to I that if wrong. it fucking comes up. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's what you do. You get a fucking gun. So uh, the PI says that he's going to do a background background check on Max. He's going to follow him around for a week or so, and then he'll report back. And uh, he looks at Sam. He's like, "Don't worry about this, man. Just relax. Let me do my job. I'll figure out what's going on here." Uh, we go back to the house, and the family's eating dinner together. And Lee tells Danielle that Sam hired a private investigator to check out Max and to keep them safe. And she does it in like such a sarcastic, mocking tone. And I'm like, "What do you want him to do? Like, do you want him to hunt this guy down and kill him? Like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. But like, like legally, he's a lawyer. You know, he's a lawyer. What do you want this guy to do besides the steps that he's taken? He's gone to the police." He's, you know, discussed things with a private investigator. Yeah, I, I just think, like, their marriage is kind of already in the rocks, so it's sort oh, of... past the it, rocks. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm just saying, it's one of those <laughs> situations where, like, no matter what he does, she's going to criticize him, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah. So uh, they get a phone call while they're eating, and it's Claude. He's calling to basically say, you know, like, uh, um, he got some info about Max. He says that... Uh, there may have been an incident where he killed a cellmate that had an issue with his cigar smoking, yeah. um, but that there wasn't enough evidence and the parole board couldn't like necessarily hold it against him. Um, and we see the Claude is like outside of Max's place as Max is like getting ready to go out. And the light goes out inside and he's like, oh, the Ma- Max is on the move. He's like, I'll report back to you later. And uh, then, you know, Sam calls Lori later in the evening from his bedroom to like find out how she's doing. And he's, like, talking to her, like, oh, you know, I hope you're okay. Like, uh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And then, like, she tells him that she's going to move back to Connecticut. And he's, like, oh, I don't know about that. And then uh, Lee walks up, like, into the doorway and, like, hears the conversation. And he changes his tone to try to be, like, oh, like, all oh, business call. Business, business, business. Yeah, uh, he sees, her, in the morning. He sees a reflection in the window and knows she's listening. Yeah. So he tries to make it seem like it's something else. And uh, he hangs up. He's, like, I'll talk to you later. And she laughs at him, and she's like, yeah, I know all about your infidelity, stupid. Like, you're really yeah. bad at hiding this. And and back in the day, too, like, when you're on house phones, people could just pick up another phone in that house and listen in on conversations. To some of you younger listeners yeah. out there, I don't that know if you thing. understand what house phones were like back then. If you could be quiet enough, you could listen in on somebody else's phone call through another phone in the house. Yeah, easily. How it worked. You put your hand over the receiver part, and you just yeah. pick it up. Yeah. You got to be slow though, so they don't hear the click. Oh, we were good at it back then. Yeah, yeah. He's listening on shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she's like, "Was that the girl that got beat up?" And Sam's like, "Yes, it was." He's like, uh, "It was Lori from work." He says that she's a law clerk, and she's like, "So you're fucking her?" And he's like, "No, no, nothing like that." And I guess he's kind of telling the truth, but it seems it was. like they were being sneaky. It yeah. was it was leading to that, but it didn't get there yet. So. And uh, she's like, "So the reason that Max targeted this girl was because you were fucking her." 
And Sam's like, well, I think it was because we knew each other, not because we were sleeping together. And Leah's like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then she walks up to him and she starts girly punching him again some more. And uh, he like grabs her arms. <laughs> I love that, the girly punch. And uh, Danielle's coming up the stairs as all this has happened. And Sam tries to like play it cool, like everything's fine. And Danielle looks at him like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, what's wrong with you two? Like, just end it, please. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And uh, she's like, you know, I thought we moved to get away from this shit. And then like goes into her room. And Sam and Lee argue about the marriage. Uh, they scream at each other. She talks about their time in therapy. Um, she's like, why did you even bother to get married? Like, why did you bother to move us down here after we got married? Uh, they scream at each other. Danielle can hear everything in her room. And she calls up her friend Nadine, who I guess is in the drama club with her or some shit like that. I guess. Is that the girl she runs into later in the hallway? Or... No, I don't think cause, so. No, because she doesn't go to drama with her. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. They just don't really explain that. Yeah. And uh, Lee tells Sam that he doesn't have the balls to walk out on their marriage. Which is, uh, anytime a woman tells you you don't have any balls, it's a tough feeling. Uh, and, <laughs> I've heard that a lot. Uh, then Sam says, uh, you know, I couldn't leave because of the way that you keep acting. And he describes deep depression, is what he de- describes. He's like, you didn't take work for months. You know, you cried every morning. You wouldn't get out of bed. Yeah, like, like, I didn't, didn't know what to do. You didn't leave the bedroom, like, ever. It's like, yeah, that's that's deep, deep depression, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, get her help. And did they say, like, when that was? Was it, like, postpartum shit? Like, when the when the daughter was a baby or was that just like middle of the it could have been i don't know i don't think they were yeah it could have been like after they moved down to wherever they moved and did they say like when they moved no it didn't seem it seemed like relatively recently but it didn't say like when all right um so he asked or she's like oh you thought i was suicidal and he's like of course i did the way you were acting and uh he's like the point of the story is i'm not sleeping with Lori. We're just friends, and it may have been an infatuation that she had that uh, is what Max, like, was able to get out of her. And uh, Sam tells her that he thinks Max targeted Lori because he knew that uh, she wouldn't press charges or testify against him. And he's worried that Max may be targeting Lee. And, uh, it's a hell of a risk. Yeah, right? And uh, What if she wasn't like that and was like, it was <laughs> that guy right there. He fucking did it. And he says that Max is playing with both of their minds to make her think that Sam is cheating so that uh, he can drive a wedge into their relationship. And I'm like, dude, the wedge is there. Yeah, say, you got several wedges in there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he uh, he tells her that, you know, together we can beat Max. And we get a hard cut to him on the sofa, like, getting ready to go to bed, like, just cursing up a storm. Uh, then we, we go to a bar, and Claude is, like, sitting there. And a bartender walks up to him and brings him a plate of food. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I didn't, I didn't order this. And she's like, oh, no, uh, that, that man over there that's getting up to leave, he's the one that paid for it. And she points over, and it's it's Max. He does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Claude, like, gets up. No, and... Nothing more menacing than buying your <laughs> adversary a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so Claude gets up. He goes outside, and he walks up to, to Max, and he's like, you know, uh, he starts talking to him. He's like, you know, you could really make my life a lot better if you would just get the hell out of here. The city, the state, everywhere. Just never come back. And Max is like, what and they like start going back and forth with insults. Like he calls him a red or like a piece of white trash, and he calls him a like a piece of shit. Whatever you know, back and forth. Yeah. And uh, Max is like, "Oh, you shouldn't be threatening me. Things get dangerous if you do that." And uh, Claude looks at him. And he's like, "Anytime you're feeling squirrely, just jump," uh, which is a great line. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, Max tells him, "He's like, you know, uh, I have every right to be in this town, and you know that." He's like, "And I can come and go as I please." He's like, "Well, were you a cop?" Former cop? He's like, "Maybe you're just some guy that was never good enough to be a cop, and this is your way of like trying to live up to it." And he just, like, turns around and leaves. And another thing I was thinking at this point, because obviously he got made, you know what I mean? So he bought him the meal to let yeah. him know, I know you're following me, blah, blah, blah. This is supposedly a small town. How many 
private dicks are in this <laughs> town. You know what I mean? So everybody kind of knows this is the guy. <laughs> you know, like that's the private eye. If he's following you. I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird. Two, you got the good one, Claude, and you got the bad one, Bo Jim. Bo yeah. Jim, not very good. Yeah. And, and how often in a small town are you hired for shit like this? All the time. Constantly. All the time. You got horse rustlers. You got. Uh, yeah, and everybody knows who you are. So if yeah. that guy shows up where you are, it's like, oh, great. <laughs> You're following me again. So uh, so Max leaves, and uh, he pulls up in his car right next to Lee as she's like outside getting mail from their, their mailbox. And he's like, oh, I found this dog collar. Uh, I thought it might be yours. Which, what? You're driving along and you found a dog collar? It's just yeah, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And she doesn't like realize what's happening here. It's like, how do you not fucking know that this is the guy? Yeah, and he's like, oh, you know, if a dog catcher finds that dog without its tags, might treat it like a stray, and who knows what he would do to it. And, and didn't she notice when the dog was fucking murdered that it didn't have its collar anymore? That Yeah, wouldn't you think? Yep. And uh, she's like, oh, uh, our dog just died. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. He's like, dog's ban- a dog's man's best friend. Woman's too, I guess. And he's like, uh, you know, I can close my eyes and picture the dog right now. And he starts to describe the dog, and then he says that it's all curled up at her feet as she draws her little sketches. And uh, he, she smiles, and she's like, you're Max Katie. And she's like, why don't you get the hell out of here before I call the police? And he's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. He's like, I'm not even on your property. She's like, well, why don't you get out and have a good look around? He's like, is that what you want? And he's like, you got a nice house here. And uh, he's like, she's like, what the hell's going to make you happy here? Like, why are you doing this? He's like, oh, I can't be happy if you're not happy. And he says that prison made him really hardened and uh, that, you know, um, maybe he's not her type. But both their lives may have been different if Sam hadn't betrayed them both. Which is, like, how does he know all this? Like, I don't know. How does she know? I was kind of thinking that, How does too. he know that she knows that he's cheating on her? I mean, how all of this. Like, it just. Yeah, and this is uh, before the information age, too. You know what I mean? You can't just go online and pay 20 bucks and find out anything about anybody. Which you can do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he says that, you know, maybe one day or that maybe they both would have been happy if Sam hadn't messed with them. And uh, Danielle comes walking outside to tell her mom that there's a phone call for her. And Lee, like, spins around and she's like, like, don't come any closer. Stay right there. Go back inside. And uh, she turns around and Max speeds away. But Max, like, looks at her, like, when the kid walks out and he kind of looks at her like, oh, shit, there's, like, a 15-year-old here that I can do something to. It's like, if you already know all this shit, why did you seem kind of surprised to see her, I don't know, it just seemed kind of weird in this moment. Yeah. And then, and then he did his thing where he's just in the middle of being fucking weird and just takes off. <laughs> like mid-sentence. Like, you're like, I'm going to start doing that to people. Like when I'm fucking <laughs> just being all weird with people, just, just in the middle of talking, just take off. Like just, just confuse them a little more. Like after they ask a question or something. Like yeah. If it was something they said. Just make it a little more awkward. So, uh, Sam goes back to his work and, uh, like as he's getting out of his car, Claude like pops up out of nowhere and he's like, I thought I'd find you here. I'm like, yeah, it's his work. Where else? He's not at home. He's not at work. There's not a lot of other options. Good job, detective. <laughs> and he wants to talk. He tells him that uh, he, Max, you know, made him, and you know that they had a conversation. And he's like, you know, this morning Max is at the library reading Nietzsche, and he's like, uh, you know, I can keep tracking him here, but uh, it's gonna get expensive. Uh, Sam's like, okay, well, uh, I don't need you tracking him during the day. He's like, follow him for the next couple nights and uh, let me know what's going on. Claude's like, you know, I got another friend here that might be able to help with this situation. And he kind of makes it sound like the guy's going to attack Max and, like, hospitalize him if they, he wants him to. He's like, you know, he's like, well, what's your solution? He's like, two pieces of pipe and a bicycle chain. And Sam's like, oh, no, we can't do that. He's like, I'm a lawyer. I can't operate outside the law. And he gets in his car and drives away. And That's, uh, that's why you and your family are in danger, you piece of shit. Like, just <laughs> fucking come on. Sometimes you got to do some things, you know what I mean? So uh, he gets back to his house. and He's like, so how's everybody doing? And uh, Lee walks up to him and whispers in his ear, like, he was here today. 
And Danielle sees the whisper but doesn't really know what the hell's going on. And uh, she goes in her room and she gets a phone call from Max pretending to be her new drama teacher. Which, how does he know about this? I don't have any clue. Like, I... <laughs> this is getting into the realm of how the fuck, you know also, what I mean? Also, does like, she have her own private line? or like? Did... Yeah, probably, honestly, because yeah, in those days, did. that was a big thing. Yeah. So then how did he get her private line number? I don't know, from the a, yellow pages? Uh, so he asks her how she's doing. She says, okay. And she's like, but I'm going through a lot of crazy stuff here at home. He's like, oh, is there anything I can do to help? And she's like, I doubt it. You know, shit happens, kind of like the shirt says. And I'm like, what? But that's a From nice Forrest touch Gump. for like a like a kid would say that. Like a, but a, I don't know if a 15 year old would say that. It's more like a 12 year old. But like, yeah, maybe. you know, kind of like the shirt says. It just it's. But I just thought of Forrest Gump immediately. Yeah, it happens sometimes. What shit? Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, Max tells her that uh, she can use her negativity. Uh, and bring it out in drama class. And he tells her to use her anger and her sexuality and everything that she does, which is so pedophile-ish. Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but so pedo. <laughs> it is we call it? So pedo. Uh, so uh, Max is at his place, and he's hanging upside down, like doing like Batman crunches or whatever the fuck he's doing. Batman crunches. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, you've never first... been? <laughs> you don't do Batman crunches? And uh, he's, she's like, oh, well, I'll see you in class tomorrow, and like confirms the classroom number. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, they didn't tell you. They changed the location of the theater. Like, what a better place for drama club. And uh, he tells her to use her fear. And he's like, oh, listen to this music that I'm playing. And I don't know what the song was, but, like, it's the do-right man or something like that. I guess. And he's like, you hear that? And he smiles. He tells her, he's like, you can trust me because I'm the do-right man. And she, like, giggles over the other side of the phone. And uh, they say goodnight to each other and hang up. And the next day, Lee drops Danielle off at school. And she's like, okay, I'll be back at 4 o'clock to pick you up. And Danielle goes inside and, like, talks to her friend and says that she has to go downstairs for the drama. Which, downstairs for the this huge theater auditorium? Yeah, and when she walks down there, too, she's, like, in this basement hallway. The dark, like, creepy hallway, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that. I'm like, that's like where dungeon, the fucking yeah. theater is? That doesn't make any sense. But, like, that theater was gigantic. It like, was huge. Like, and it went, when she walked in, it was one of those, like... Recess seating things where like the seating went down yeah. to the stage, so you're already downstairs in the basement. Now you're going. What is this like? Three stories underground. Well, that's what you, I was. Did she walk upstairs to get to her friend that she told that she had to go down? Maybe like she was at an upper Maybe. level and she had to go back to the main level essentially. Maybe, but it, it just seemed know. odd the way she's like, I gotta go downstairs, and then it just seemed like she was in a basement, and then just the path she took to get there. It's yeah. like if there was a show going on, this is where you would make the parents walk through to get to the fucking yeah. theater. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> elderly people. Yeah. Yeah, going downstairs. And, like, if you're going to class this way, if this is a true way to go to class, why is there nobody else in the hallway? Definitely. No teachers, no students, nobody. Uh, so she she goes through the hallway. She walks into the theater. It's empty. Uh, the stage is lit up, and there's, like, a giant, like, gingerbread house on the stage, kind of. Yeah. Um, and Danielle's like, hello, anybody here? And she asks if Nadine is there. And we see, like, a shadow in the house, like, moving on stage. And it's Max, of course, and uh, he lights up a joint because he's a cool dude. Yeah, brazen as fuck, man, walking into a random school. And when he called her the night before, I was thinking this, he's like, no, it's been changed. It's in the auditorium or in the theater or whatever. Did he scope out? the school he already had to, to yeah. know that this was you know what i mean like this I is think so. that's how you got her number too potentially that's yeah my oh and then he did he did men- in a second here he does mention another girl's name so he must have had a list of something but i don't know yeah, he maybe just, it's something that was on the cutting room this floor motherfucker is good at what he does He's for the, the stalking stalker. shit man yeah. yeah yeah he he is a hall of fame stalker <laughs> Uh, so he, Daniel walks up to him and she's like uh hello like who are you and he's like oh am i busted am i busted over here and she's like you can't smoke grass at school 
And he's like, uh, she's like, are you here for drama? And she asks if he's the teacher. And he's like, yes. And he's like, let me guess your name. And he guesses another girl's name. Like, like he has a list of students. And uh, she's like, no, I'm Danielle Bowden. He's like, of course. We spoke last night. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, very like giggly with him. Like, it, it, like almost like she's infatuated with him instantly. She's smitten. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I think she was on the phone before, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, weird, yeah. She just likes the attention or something. She's an idiot is what <laughs> she is. And she wants to fuck apparently because she is like very into this idea of an older man having an interest in her. Yeah, and, and if she at this point still thinks she's just showing up for this class, where are the other students? Yeah. Like what's happening here? What's, you know, I don't know. Just really, I, I want to say naive, very naive, but I want to say fucking retarded. Like yeah. she's just dumb as hell. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. So uh, um, Max like takes another couple puffs on his joint, and he's like, "Oh, how rude of me!" And he like hands it out to her and offers it to her, and uh, um, he looks at her and he's like, "Oh, it's okay." And he starts singing, "I think we're alone now," and uh, she grabs it and she takes a hit, and he's like, "You know what? You can keep the rest of it." And he like takes it and he like dies it out on his tongue, and she's impressed by that. Good move. Which I guess a fifteen-year-old girl would be impressed yeah. by that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he laughs and. Uh, they start talking about a Thomas Wolfe novel, and he starts asking her if she's read some trilogy about sex. Uh, she said she read Tropic of Cancer, and the parts of it were very, very vivid. Can't stand you. Yeah. That's all I thought of when he said Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> no, it was Tropic of Capricorn. <laughs> uh, so uh, he says that uh, her parents want to keep her innocent, and he mentions her getting into trouble before for smoking grass at school. Grass. Which, how didn't, how did it. he know that? And, uh, yeah, he knows fucking everything, man. He, he got into, like, their fucking permanent records and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she stops him, like, mid-sentence, and she's like, where are you from? And he's like, where do you think I'm from? Wrong answer, dude. Wrong answer. Yeah. If you ever ask somebody a question like that, and they're like, where do you think I'm from? You turn around and run. You run quick, and you run fast. Uh, and uh, he's like, uh, are you going to get mad at me if I tell you where I'm from? And she's like, no. And he says that he's from the Black Forest. And she's like... So you aren't the drama teacher? And he's like, I might be the big bad wolf. And she's like, are you the guy that's been hanging around my house and that killed my mom's dog? Yeah. So nonchalant about yeah, it. There's red like, flags everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, my mom's dog. Like, not my dog, not our dog, yeah. my mom's dog. So did her and her dad just hate this dog? Probably. Oh, maybe. Maybe they killed the dog. <laughs> Blamed it on Max. Perfect <laughs> yeah. opportunity. This whole thing, like you said, is in his head. Max doesn't exist, and he's just killing dogs and raping, raping his, his fucking girlfriend and shit. Raping his girlfriend, his, raping his wife, raping his, his side daughter. Piece, yeah. uh, so he shows up at school, and his daughter's confused by him. She has face blindness. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. doesn't realize it's her dad talking to her. That's because he has so his hair slicked back. It'd be like a precursor to Shutter Island with uh, you know another Scorsese movie where everything's in the head. Uh, well, I don't have to watch that movie now. <laughs> You've seen it before. Yes, I have. So uh, <laughs> Max says he doesn't know anything about a dead dog, and he's like, oh, it's such a shame. He's like, what kind of dog was it? She's like, I don't know, fluffy dog? And he's like, oh, well, I didn't kill the dog. And uh, she's like, so what are you doing here? He's like, oh, well, I just wanted to meet you, you know, find out what you're like. No, no, no grown man wants to meet a 15-year-old girl and find out what she's like, unless no. it's his daughter. <laughs> yeah, unless Chris Hansen's about to walk out of the yeah. other room. And, uh... She's like, are you going to hurt me? Which, what? Don't, that's, no. And he's like, of course not. I'm not going to hurt you at all. He's like, I'm just here looking for the truth. That's what people say before they hurt you. Every time. And uh, he, he's like, you didn't judge me when I came in here. He's like, when you came in here, you caught me smoking that grass? You didn't judge me. He's like, well, what did your parents do when you got caught smoking grass? She's like, oh, you know, they yelled at me, and my dad told me I couldn't drive the Cherokee. Which, yeah, you're 15. 
I was going to say you're 15. He yeah. should have yelled at you. Even, you know, hey, weed's cool, man. I'm all right with it. But fuck, my 15-year-old smoking it, you got to tell him something. Be like, hey, not not yet. Like, yeah, just yeah. You don't get, just act like, meh, whatever. Get through school, <laughs> grow up a little bit, then smoke all the weed you want. Who gives yeah. a fuck? But, you know. Yeah, yeah. once you can, like, afford rent, smoke <laughs> yeah. as much weed as you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, until then, let's chill out on it. So uh, she's like, why do you hate my dad? And uh, Max is like, you know, uh, um, you need to forgive your parents for for the way they acted, and he's like, and I don't hate your dad. I'm here to I'm here to help your dad. Uh, he says that you know everybody makes mistakes. He's like, but you know me and you, we admit our mistakes. He's like, your dad, he he doesn't want to admit the mistakes that he's made. He's like, and uh, you know everybody has to do that, and every man has to go through hell to reach their salvation. And uh, he's like, nobody in your family's happy, are they, Danielle? And she says, no, none of us are. You know, mom, dad, you know, her, none of them, and uh. He's like, did you think about me last night after we talked? And she kind of smiles and giggles, and she's like, I did. And he's like, uh, you know, I might have thought about you, too. And he asks if it's all right if he puts his arm around her. It's like, no, no, it's not all right. Like, she, <laughs> might, not... let, she might let you, but all right is not the way I would describe it. I don't it. think he gives a shit about what's all right. <laughs> but her reaction here, that's not all right. No, yeah, she, like, thinks about it for a second, and then, like, shyly says, I don't mind. Yeah. And, uh... He comes over and touches her face and, like, touches her lips, and she starts sucking on his thumb. Yeah, he kind of put, just shoves his thumb in her mouth, and she's like, all right. And all I kept thinking was... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Even yeah. though this is well, all... Kind of, no, it's really fucking weird. Like, even though this is all make-believe, this is still teenage Juliette Lewis sucking on nearly 50-year-old Robert De Niro's <laughs> thumb. Yeah, and I think we uh, talked about this off-air. How old was she when this was? She was, like, 18. 17 or 18, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... I was going to say, if she was actually, because it's kind of hard to tell. She does look like she could be 15 in this movie, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but yeah, and especially what's about to come up. I don't know. I, I was just thinking, I was like, fuck, man. They really, they're pushing some shit here. Yeah, and as she's sucking his thumb, he's like watching her and smiling. And then he like takes his thumb out, rubs it on her lips, and then pushes it back in. And she keeps sucking on it. And I'm like, dirty girl, you've done this before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, they both smile. They start kissing. And they start making out. Like, pretty... This is where I was like, I wonder if she's 18 while this is being filmed. Yeah, I, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. She was born in 73 and this came out in 91. Oh, okay. So yeah, she, unless they filmed it all at the beginning of 1991 and she was born on January 1st, which she wasn't. <laughs> uh, which she was not. Yeah, which she was not. I looked it up. Uh, yeah, she had to be like 17 or 16 depending on when they filmed this. All right, fucking A. Um, but in California, I bet you that it's nice and legal to do that because California has very, very lenient laws oh, against they certainly uh, do. Yeah, everything. Against, yeah. yeah, everything is right. Uh, yeah. Pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> then uh, uh, he touches her face and then just walks away from her all like slowly and calmly. And for a moment, she stands there like all flustered and then runs out of the room as though she's terrified. Yeah, well, he like walks back into like the set. Yeah. This I didn't really understand. Like, was he maybe seeing if she would follow him back there? For a little more action? I don't think so. Or was I, he I just think, like... I think I, he proved his point or whatever. Yeah, like I'm out of here and then she fucking yeah. runs off, you know? Yeah, I wasn't too sure, but yeah, but she did decide finally to fucking run off. Yeah, he was she should have done immediately. Paranoid when, when when she first walked into the theater and nobody was there, she should have ran off. But, you know. <laughs> uh, so Sam then calls up Claude and tells him, you know, that Max came to Danielle's school, and uh, Claude's like, "Did you call the cops?" He's like, "I couldn't call the cops." He's like, "You know, you told me that the cops don't do anything." He's like, "I want to hire the three men to do the hospital duty," and Claude's like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it!" And he's like super excited to hear like that he has decided to hire the the. The goons to beat their, beat Max's ass, and he's like, "Okay, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars, but it's better to overdo it than to underdo it in this situation." You didn't seem have three like guys. a lot for all three of them. I didn't think so either. Yeah, like yeah. to possibly get 
put in jail for a long time for killing yeah. a man. Um, and, and that uh, math doesn't add up either. What do they each get? Three hundred thirty-three dollars. <laughs> no, they each get three hundred bucks, and Claude gets a hundred-dollar finder's fee. There you uh, go. So he tells Sam that he made the right decision and that he shouldn't feel bad about any of this. And it's like you just hired three men to beat the shit out of a guy because you're a pussy. At the very least, you should feel bad about being a pussy. That yeah, sure. <laughs> you might not, not feel bad to, about him getting beat up, not being able to protect your family. Yeah, and stuff, that's you know? what you should feel bad about. So uh, Max is uh, alone in a booth at like a bar or a pool hall or something like that. And uh, Sam confronts him and tells him to leave his family alone and to leave town or he's going to be hurting like he never dreamed of before. And Max is like, would you mind repeating that? And Sam repeats it verbatim. And uh, he's like, uh, you know, I was thinking about leaving town, but, you know, I really love this area and I love being able to catch up with an old colleague. And Sam's like, we are not colleagues, asshole. <laughs> That's what he takes most offense to. Not that you're threatening to rape his family, but <laughs> don't you call yourself a lawyer. You did not pass the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Max is like, you know, do you, he looks at Sam. He's like, you think you're better than me? And Sam's like, no, I don't think you're, I'm better than you. Which, of course, he thinks he's better than you. You're a rapist. Yeah. I think I'm better than I'm you, I'm a too. lawyer. You're a rapist. You're an <laughs> ex-con rapist. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely better than you. Yeah, way better than you. Socially standing, morally, everything. And uh, Max is like, well, if, I'm not, if you're no better than me, then I can have what you have. Sam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I want a house. I want a family. He's like, and I want to teach you a little something about commitment. He's like, you know, 14 years ago, I was committed to a cell. And now you're going to be forced to make a commitment. He's like, I'm, I was, I, uh, uh, he looks at Sam. He's like, I was put here to save you, Sam. And Sam's like, all right. And he just stams, stams, stammers out, like screaming and storming away. And uh, Max is like, look at the Bible, Sam, right in between Esther and Psalms. And I'm like, I'm not looking this up. Thank God they did in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells you know he tells him again. He's like, "I was sent here to save you," and you know he leaves. Uh, then Sam goes home. He talks to Danielle, and he's like, uh, "You know, uh, uh, you can't." Or Danielle turns to him and she's like, "You know, you can't just lock the both of us in this house forever." Like, I'm going back to school tomorrow. Like, what do you think is going to happen here? And Sam tells her, like, you know, honey, you need to put some clothes on. You're not a little kid anymore. Yeah, she's wearing, like, just her underwear, right? Yeah, like, 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 yeah, tank top or Tank top and panties. And it's like, you're her dad. You shouldn't be making that comment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if you are... Why is it crossing your mind? Yeah, exactly. Just, like, if she was walking around topless or naked, you might be like, hey, hey, cover it up. Yeah. But she's not, and she's in her bedroom. Yeah, you went to her room. Yeah. It, It just seemed odd to me. And, uh... She tells him that, you know, Max didn't force himself on her. And he, she's like, I know that that's what you want to think. You want to think that he just forced himself on me, but he didn't. And she's like, you know, Max was just there, and I think he was just trying to make a connection with me. And Sam, like, freaks out here. He's like, you need to stay away from him. There is never going to be a connection between the two of you. That's he grabs her face, right? Like- yeah, well, she starts to smile here. And he's like, did he touch you? And she just giggles and smiles. And he's like, answer the question. And she just she doesn't answer. She just smiles again. And he grabs her by the face, and he's like, you need to wipe that smile off your face. You need to answer my question. And he is a maniac at this point. And she's like terrified, like looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And he apologizes to her. And he's like, I- I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And she starts to cry and yells at him to get out of her room. And I'm like, no going back from that. You're never having the same relationship with your daughter that you had before. Yeah, he didn't really have much to want to begin with. You're yeah. right. But you can't grab your kid by the face and scream and shake at them and then be like, I'm I'm sorry. I just realized I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They already knew you were wrong. You were you were doing it. Um, so uh, Max then parks his car uh, at his place and like gets out to go inside. And uh, as he's walking, in, the guy's like, "Hey, Max!" and then hits him with a pipe. And then another guy walks up and hits him again with a pipe. And the first guy like gets behind him and puts the pipe like to hold him down, you know. And uh, a third guy walks up and like attacks Max with a bike chain. 
that like tears his chest. It does. And I love how earlier when he's like, oh, what do you mean? He's like two pipes and a bicycle chain. I didn't know how fucking literally he meant that. Yeah. He literally <laughs> meant he has three goons, two <laughs> of them like those, a pipe, and one of them likes a bicycle chain. It's exactly, choice, yeah, yeah. it's exactly what they came with. I'm like, wow, he fucking meant that literally. So uh, they, they start beating the shit out of Max and he starts screaming. And Sam is like standing like. 30 yards away behind a dumpster watching the whole smoking thing right there. Yeah, smoking yeah. a cigarette. And uh, they beat on Max for a little bit of a while here at yeah, first. Yeah, they're thumping him with pipes and shit, man. And uh, Sam turns to walk away, and then Max gets the advantage by headbutting one guy, taking Somehow. his pipe. Why they let him get up is beyond me. I don't... We've got two pipes. You should be beating this guy into unconsciousness. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been hit before? Yeah. Like punched? Oh, yeah. Have you ever been hit with a fucking object? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. You it, see that big look, white yeah. flash? It's no fucking around, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, like everything, yeah. yeah. You hear a loud bang when it hits your head. You hear yeah. a, see I, the white flash. I mean, I get it. Some people are tougher than others, but no, man. You're you're getting fucking thumped with two pipes and a bike chain. You're not just going to start fighting back like it's nothing. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so he beats the hell out of the one guy. Then uh, he takes out the other guy with the pipe by like hitting him in the hand. Uh, and they both go down real easy. And then uh, the guy with the chain tries to like square off with him. And at one point, the chain wraps around the pipe that Max yeah. is using, and he like trips him, knocks him to the ground, and like starts beating on him with the pipe. Uh, now, two of the guys get up and run away, and Max just begins to beat the hell out of the third guy. Yeah, because him getting hit with a pipe does nothing, but this guy just out. Well, like they keep trying to show throughout the movie that Max is almost like impervious to pain. Yeah, there's something later I'm going to bring up when they do this again. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So Sam is watching the whole thing happen and like knocks something over by the dumpster and makes a loud noise. And Max hears the noise and looks in Sam's direction, and Sam tries to hide, which he didn't do a very good job. No. And uh, Max is like, Counselor? Counselor, is that you? He's like, come out, come out, wherever you are. And uh, he picks up his hat from the ground, puts it on, and he starts walking around. And he's like, I ain't, a white tra- I ain't no white trash. I'm not a piece of shit. He's like, I can outread you. I can outlearn you. And I can outphilosophize you. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And then uh, he tells Mac, or he tells Sam that he's like, it's going to take more than a beating to prove that you're better than me. And uh, he starts walking towards the dumpster, and he keeps like being like, Counselor, Counselor, are you around here anywhere? And he stops just before reaching the dumpster. And he's like, ah, oh, what the fuck is the difference? And he throws the pipe over his shoulder and walks away. It's like you could probably hear him breathing from where you're at. Yeah. I mean, Sam is a heavy smoker. You've yeah, got to yeah. be able to hear, hear him, him wheezing back yeah. there. I was thinking, too, what was going through his head right now. I was like, well, this isn't really the climax of the movie yet. I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> I've read the script already. If I, I come if I come around the corner and find you, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to kill you now? Yeah, or? kill you now and then just rape your daughter? I mean, uh, so uh, we go, we cut to Sam being at work, and Tom's, like, asking him for some help with a case that turns out to be, like, his daughter's case, I guess. And Sam's like, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm not breaking the law for her. It's perjuring myself, and I won't do it. And he gets a call from Claude, who, like, apologizes from uh, – for about what everything that happened last night, he's like, you know, that guy Max is a lot tougher than he looks. He's like, he's like a fucking cockroach. Yeah, he just kind of laughs it off. I'd be like, can I get my thousand dollars back? Yeah, right. Like you fucking blew it. You got made the first time. Your fucking goons got gooned. Like, what the <laughs> fuck what? is going on? Three out of one, one guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, like you fucking suck, man. Give my money back. And uh, he, Claude's like, well, you know, I got three other guys that can do the job. He's like, they might be a little bit more expensive, but they'll be able to take <laughs> yeah. care of. Them. Oh, you're gonna come up three more guys now? Yeah. It's and, like get the fuck out of here. And Sam's like, no more guys. He's like, I'm done with this. He's like, I'm gonna get a restraining order and I'm gonna go to court. So Sam calls up Lee Heller, who is uh, this, you know, the hotshot lawyer, and he starts asking him about the restraining order and the 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 trial for it and if he can get any help. And he starts mentioning uh, the problems he's had with Max. And Heller tells him that Max has hired him as a lawyer and that he can no longer discuss anything about the case with him. 
And he says that uh, they will meet in court uh, for the hearing. Yeah, but uh, once again, how? Because uh, w- w- was it uh, Nolte's boss or whoever it was that suggested this guy to him? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He was talking about him throughout the thing. And then when he calls him, he's like, oh, you were suggested by so-and-so. He says you're the best. He's like, oh, me and this guy were like fucking mud deep in Korea together. What can I do for you? You yeah. know what I mean? So this yeah. is like a good connection. And then he mentioned the guy's name. He's like, oh, nope, this is a conflict of interest. This guy hired me yesterday. Like, how the fuck does he know any of this? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, it just seemed really odd that everything that fucking you know, that uh, Max does is just like perfect. You know what I mean? Like, he gets in every aspect of, of yeah. everything. Yeah. And uh, Sam's like, Max wouldn't have taped that recording unless he knew that there was a problem between us. It's like, that's not really helping your case, dude. Like, (laughs) he was just looking for evidence, and you provided it. (laughs) Yeah, but another thing, too, is he approached him in that restaurant. Like, was he recording all the time, like, just waiting for this moment? He just had a little camera or a little recorder in his pocket waiting for... Or maybe he know what he did at... Oh, no, but that part's on there. Because I was going to say, maybe he asked him to repeat it so he could hit record. But I think the part where he asked him to repeat it is also on there. So he was already recording. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a little too convenient. So so Max's lawyer plays the recording in open court for the judge. And uh, he's like, and as you can see, Sam followed through with his threat. And they, they show Max, and he's, you know... All beaten up. He's got uh, bandages. He's got a cane. Um, and uh, Sam's like, you know, what the hell was I supposed to do? He's like, uh, the judge is like, you know, I'm not in favor of any violence or vigilantism here. He's like, we're going to honor the restraining order. And he tells Sam to stay 500 m- yards away from Max at all times. And uh, Heller's happy about this. And he's like, you know, we filed a petition to get Max disbarred uh, because of his actions. And uh, they set a court date for that. Like, But didn't he call his friend from Korea? You know what I, I mean? I guess. Like, hey, what's up with what's going on here? You know, I'm just going to take this scumbag's case and totally fuck the guy that you were trying to help, even though we're old war buddies. I don't know. None <laughs> yeah. of it seems sense. And this lawyer, by the way, has a fucking real Colonel Sanders thing going on. Yeah, he does. There's a, but there's such a lack of communication in this movie. Like, a lot of it have com- could have been cleared up by people just talking things out. And, yeah. You know, they just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heller, like, says that, you know, Max has to go back to the hospital to have the doctors monitor his numerous injuries. And uh, the next thing we see is Sam's telling Claude that he wants a gun. He's like, I need a gun. And he's like, okay, what kind? He's like, I don't care. Something that I can, uh, you know, something small. Something that I can get it, get it, like, get it if I need it in a moment. And Claude's like, okay, let me see your hands. And he shows him his hands. He's like, 38 snub no special will work. I fucking hated this part. And I'm like, what? That's yeah. not how you. Let me see your hands. Yep, that's what you need. It's like, no. It's not how that works. Yeah. And uh, he tells Sam that he can, you know, get the gun for him and he can teach him to use it. And he's like, the thing is. When you're killing a man, you don't think about shooting him. You just think of it as knocking him down. It's like, how many people have you killed, Claude? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, I'll teach you how to shoot. And he's like, but I'm not so sure about this. He's like, what if Katie takes the gun away from you and uses it on you? Uses it on you? He's like, then I'd feel responsible. He's like, that's not going to happen. He's like, you're going to teach me how to shoot, and I won't have to worry about that. And he's like, but what if you get arrested for killing Max, and then you wind up going to jail, and your daughter grows up without a father? He's like, you know, it's crazy that the law considers me more of a threat than Max. And he's like, what? And he tells him about the, the hearing and the hidden recorder. And Claw's like, so this hearing about getting you disbarred, he's like, it's important? He's like, only if I want to pra- like continue practicing law in this state? Yes. He's like, is Katie going to be there? He's like, no. He's like, he doesn't have to be there. It's, uh, you know, special circumstances or something like that. And Claude's like, you know, Katie's an opportunist. He's like, he's probably going to attack your family when he knows you're going to be out of town. And he's like, you need to make it look like you've left town for the hearing early, and then you can kill Katie when he breaks into your house. And Sam and his like family like 
load up the SUV and it looks like they're taking Sam to the airport. And uh, Sam's behind the wheel. Sometime, somehow it's nighttime. Like it seems like they left the house during the day. It's nighttime instantly. <laughs> and uh, he keeps checking his rearview mirror. And Max is in his car with the top up. And he turns on a radio station and we see that he's driving to the airport. Um, and we get to the airport. And Max is like watching the family as they say goodbye to Sam. Uh, Lee tells Sam to like make sure he calls him when he gets to the hotel. And Max goes down to like the check-in counter and asks the woman there if uh, she if he'd still be able to catch the 9:15 flight to Raleigh. And she's like, "No, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it just left, but you might be able to catch the 10:20." Which why would you have flights leaving that often to Raleigh? Raleigh's the capital of North Carolina. North Carolina is not that big of a state. It doesn't this take place in yeah in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, so like, why wouldn't you be able to drive to Raleigh almost as quickly as you could fly? Yeah, I was gonna say that'd be like getting a flight here to Rockford. Yeah, or, or like Springfield. <laughs> like, by the time you get through security and all that shit, just fucking drive there. Yeah, and uh, Max is like, "Oh, you know, I have some very important business." Uh, he's like, "My associate Sam Bowden. Do you know if he was on that flight?" And she's like, "Oh, I can't give out any of that information." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, I guess I could." Send him a, something overnight. He's like, but maybe he'll be back in the morning, man. He's like, I just don't know. He's like, me and my wife, we were just in a bad accident, and Sam's our lawyer. He's like, uh, you know, we already lost our, our, our daughter, and uh, if I don't get this info to Sam. And he says our daughter Danny or whatever he uses their yeah. kid's name. And uh, he says that uh, if he doesn't get this info that he has to Sam, that uh, they could possibly lose the case. He's like, if you could just tell me, like, when Sam will be back. And she has pity on him, and she looks it up, and she tells Max that Sam will be back the day after tomorrow. And uh, Max thanks her, and uh, the Bowdens return home, and Sam was hiding in the back of the SUV, and they all, like, sneak back inside the house. Uh, and Claude's there. He's, like, nailing the windows shut and, like, <laughs> tying string around stuff. And uh, he's like, when Katie gets there, we'll see what happens. And Danielle's like, what if we don't want to see what happens? And uh, she's like, we're not even sure that he poisoned the dog. And she, like... Yeah, she still has some sort of feelings for him. Yeah, or something. Trepidations, at least. And uh, Sam gets pissed and, like, stands up. And she's like, hey, you need to stay hidden, remember? You can't stand up. And he sits back down, and she walks upstairs and goes back to her room. And Claude's like, did Katie try to do something to her? And Lee's like, "Uh, you know, Danielle's just, you know, she's such a a pacifist. She wouldn't kill a bug that bit her. Uh, she'd, uh, you know, like, take a whatever the hell he calls it. Palmetto I, bug. Yeah, pal- I, I lived in Florida, man. Those are no fucking rounds. What are they? They're, like, big fucking cockroaches, pretty much. Oh, okay. They're huge, though. Okay, yeah, and she said that she'd take that outside if it tried to bite her. And uh, she's like, like, what are you doing to Claude? And he's like, oh, uh, I got some fishing wire here, and I'm attaching it to all the doors and windows of the house. And I'm wrapping it around Danielle's teddy bear here. And if this thing moves even a quarter of an inch in any direction, I'll know that somebody's trying to get inside. And... They use this in that Simpsons episode, yeah, and it is exactly the same thing, and it made me laugh so hard when I saw this, because yeah. I did not remember this part, and I forgot that it was that much like taken from the movie. Um, yeah, the Simpsons episode fucking nails it, man. I mean, it, it, it's really quick, a bonus recommendation. Go fucking watch that shit. It's yeah. season five, episode two yes, of The Simpsons. Yes, you're correct, yeah. You know, so if you have FX, FXX or FX Now, whatever, yeah. you can watch every Simpsons ever. This is one of the best episodes, and it does very good justice to this fucking movie. Yeah, so, it does. So go check that out. Uh, so Lee looks at uh, Claude like he's a fucking retard for even suggesting that wrapping string around a teddy bear is the best defense for your house. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you hire this fucking guy. He's already blown it twice with his goons and is fucking getting made and all that shit. Now he's in your house with, like, fishing line and teddy bears. It's like, <laughs> where's the moment where you're like, I think I fucked up hiring yeah. this guy? Yeah, I hired the wrong guy. When you're the only dick in town, I guess. Yeah. So uh, it's the middle of the night, and Claude is sitting and staring at the teddy bear. Uh, Sam and Lee are in bed. Sam's reading the Bible to try to figure out what Katie said. Uh, and she says that, you know, that uh, they'll use this night to figure out how strong or weak they are by getting through this situation. And Sam's smoking a cigarette in bed, which seemed dangerous to me. <laughs> um, and uh, he says that Katie made a reference to Job and that Job was tested by God and God you know, took everything that he had. And uh, Danielle wakes up in the middle of the night in a panic. Do we see why? Like she just wakes up, right? Nightmare. I guess. Okay. Uh, the next morning, Danielle is uh, talking to her maid uh, about the situation and she's throwing the trash out outside, and she finds a copy of, like, a sex book that Max left for her. Um, uh, it's the book they talked about at the theater. Yeah, and it's, like, right next to the trash can. Thank God she found it convenient. Yeah, you instead of I mean? anybody else in the house. The maid, maybe, that would be and, good. Uh, shit. She picks it up and hides it underneath her shirt, and the maid's like, come on inside. And right away, she's like, you can see in her face, she's all giddy, like, oh, he's communicating with me. It's like, dude, this person is trying to murder your, rape your family. Yeah. And not maybe in that particular order either. It's like, to the point that your dad has a lunatic here who has tied every part of the house to a teddy bear. You've been booby trapping your house all night so that you can catch this psycho rapist, and you're like, ooh, he's, he Making likes me. little gifts and little notes from him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Sam and Cla- uh, Claude talk, and he's like, I'm not sure if I could take a man's life. And Claude's like, hey, 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 just stick to the plan here. If he comes inside, we're going to fucking kill him. And Sam's like, it seems all premeditated and excessive. And he's like, the only excessive thing we could do to Max is eat his liver. Uh, which is, that's supposed to be like a, like, uh, Silence of the Lambs reference? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, but, I mean, there's other knows? things yeah. you could think of. I guess uh, he, and he's like, Sam, he's like, this fear is good. I need you to remember it and use it when you need it. And uh, the maid is going to, like, getting kind of like anxious and she kind of wants to go home and Claude's like well what happens when you know Sam isn't in town and they're like well the maid stays and he's like well then the maid's spending the night so everybody's in the house and everybody's on edge like they keep like cutting pictures of people's faces and they're all like like shifty eyed and like not able to get rest and uh Claude is sitting there with his gun watching the teddy bear and the bear moves a little bit yeah. Claude, like, well, I was wondering, this is night two, right? I think so. so. Was he literally, like, the only defense he had and what his whole thing was was just to keep his fucking eye on that teddy bear? Yes. <laughs> so every window, every door in the house was rigged to that teddy bear? There's, yeah. like, 30 fishing lines <laughs> going to house. the one bear? Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird because he's sitting there staring at it, then it moves a little bit. He's like, oh, finally, I got one. <laughs> and uh, he, he has his gun, he's ready for action, and he starts creeping over to where, like, the string is being pulled from, like, the direction is being pulled from. And he finds a window that's unlatched and, like, slightly open being blown by the wind, which you should know instantly that something's going on there. Like, he himself tied all these things. Yeah, I was going to say. And then you go around latching and even nailing some of these fucking things closed. Yeah. So he should know something's up. And uh, he, he goes over, he closes the window, he locks it. And uh, Sam wakes up in the middle of the night to a vision of Max standing in his room smoking a cigar. And he rubs his eyes twice before the vision disappears. Like, that's not how hallucinations work. Like, yeah. And it's like the negative view. Like, have you ever seen, like, a negative yeah. of a picture type yeah. of thing? Or, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, Sam then wakes up Lee, and he's like, I think I know how the dog died. And he's like, I just had the weirdest feeling that Max has been in the house already. And Claude... Yeah, what did he mean here? That, like, he was... 
already in the house, like when they locked up, he was like hiding under a fucking bed somewhere or something. No, I think like, he means previously. That's what I think. Yeah, like oh, okay. uh, previous occasion. Like I think he put the the wire being missing, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything like all together, kind of. Because uh, she said that the dog never went outside, the wire was missing. It just, I think he just kind of started. Okay, yeah. And uh, the then Claude's in the kitchen, and the maid comes walking in, and he's like, "Oh, you couldn't sleep either." And she kind of says, "No." And he's like, it must be the humidity. And he turns like a light on in the kitchen and sits down at the table and pours himself like Jim Bean, like a, like a thing of Jim Bean. And he says that uh, when either when he was a cop or when his dad was a cop, he would drink that when he was on stakeouts, something like that. Yeah. And uh, the maid turns around and it's Max wearing the maid's clothes. And uh, he starts to strangle Claude with the piano wire. And Claude tries to aim the pistol at him and can't for some reason. And Max points it at Claude's head and it fires and... Kills him, you know, blows yeah. his fucking head off. Because, I mean, there was one point when he was struggling, too, where it seemed like the gun was pointed right at Max's face. Like, right pull at the it. trigger now. Yep. But then the gun goes off, and it's like, well, you shot yourself in the face. Yeah. Idiot. And uh, the family hears the gunshot. They're all, like, startled and shaken by it. And uh, Max has blood on his face, and he gets down, like, kneels next to Claude and, like, starts mocking him, like, for what Max he said to Max earlier about being a piece of white trash and yeah, all this. hillbilly scumbag or and, whatever. And uh, Sam then calls down to Claude and, like, gets no response and calls down a couple more times, no response. He and Lee kind of walk out of their room into, like, the hallway, and Danielle comes out of her room, too, and Sam's like, get back in your room, lock the door. And uh, Sam then goes downstairs to investigate, and Lee, like, kind of asks him not to at first, but he does anyways. And he finds Claude, like, dead on the floor, dying. It kind of looked like he was breathing still, but it could have just been... I didn't notice, yeah, he just... Or maybe it was just bad acting, he was supposed to be dead. Yeah, and And Lee comes in, sees the body, she screams... And then Danielle comes down, and she sees the maid's dead body in the pantry, and she screams and, like, frightens her parents. And uh, Danielle starts crying, and Sam's like, don't look, don't look. And uh, and she looks for a yeah, while. Yeah, of course, of course. And Sam walks over to Claude and sees that uh, he was strangled with the piano wire. And then he's like, God damn it. And he grabs the pistol and, like, slips in Claude's blood and falls <sighs> down, like, three or four times. This, I literally laughed out loud at this because... Okay, not only does he walk up and start touching evidence when he grabs the piano wire, like, oh, my God. But he turns around, takes that first step into a huge pool of blood, (laughs) slips, falls on his fucking ass, and is, like, rolling around in it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh, dude, it was hilarious. Uh, And then he's like, I'm going to get that son of a bitch. But he keeps slipping. He can't get up. Yeah. And then the wife walks up, and she's like, no. And then she slips. And then they're all, like, having this fucking bloodbath. And it was just... (laughs) It was so fucking weird. I was like, are you kidding me right now? And then uh, Sam gets up and goes outside and just fires like several random shots into the darkness. Yup, at his neighbor's houses and shit. And I'm like, and now Sam is wanted for murder for killing several innocent neighbors. And not only did you touch evidence and slip in the blood of the murder, but you just went outside and started firing into the fucking With the murder weapon so that there's gunpowder on your hand. You know, you just want all that residue so that when the police come, you have no alibi and no, no way to... He's a horrible lawyer. Yeah, he is. So Lee, like, grabs him, and she's like, stop, stop. And he, like, sort of calms down, and she pulls him inside. She's like, he might still be out here, and, like, drags him back inside the house. And I'm like, yeah, but he could also still be inside the house. Yeah. Like, yeah, he just did those murders in there. Yeah, no, was, but she saw him. She saw him running, remember? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, she looked out the window and saw him kind of scuttling away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, you know, Max has made a, a, an attack on uh, their, their home front. Um, and Sam is pretty much lost his mind now. Um, let's take our second break here because we're about to get to the point where we actually go to Cape Fear. 
<laughs> so uh, what are we, what are we selling to people uh, this time? Gatorade, big time sponsor. Oh yeah, Gatorade Fierce to be exact. Mm-hmm. Proud sponsor of uh, it's been done before. All right, check it out. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alex Sakanikos from Bad Shotty, where we roast all the favorite fantasy characters that you can even imagine. Very uh, fan-driven. You can email us at realbadshorty at gmail.com, and we will roast anything and everything that you want us to roast. You just send them in and make sure they're not real, and we will give them the old good huh-huh. All right? Here on the Just Your Radio Network. Thank you. This is Xavier Lamont. And this is Ed Towns from the Lousy Motherfuckers Podcast. And you're listening to It's Been Done Before on the Jester Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed your lovely Gatorade Fierce uh, and uh, everybody's nice and hydrated. We're getting back to... Make sure you add vodka. That's the best way to do it. (laughs) We're getting back to Cape Fear, 1991, uh, the remake directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, We left you off where, well, the family had basically been uh, invaded by Max. He had killed the best private investigator in town. And they're made. Best or only? <laughs> best. Best. Remember Bojo or whatever the hell oh, I yeah. said earlier? <laughs> Bojo. <laughs> Bojo. I forgot what the fuck I said. Uh, so uh, the next morning, the whole family is instantly on the road, and uh, they're they're running from town because they're smart. And uh, they pass a crudely made cross that says... Well, when I was thinking this, I don't know how smart they are here because they did just leave the scene of a murder, touched evidence, slipped in the evidence... Just a oh lot yeah, of yeah. It. they're they're really dumb. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the 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 sign says, "Where will you spend your eternity?" And it's very crudely written, kind of like asking, "Are you going to die here in Cape Fear?" Uh, they stop at a market to get uh, some food, some supplies, and Sam calls the police to basically tell them what happened. Uh, he says that uh, he knows that running doesn't look good, but it was force majeure, an act of God. Like, is that an actual legal term? I mean, I, I, I've heard that before. It's a French thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before in another movie, actually. There's, now I yeah, can't pinpoint what it's from. There's a movie about um, an avalanche, I want to say. It's, uh, I think it's titled that. Oh, okay. French, French film, yep. So uh, he's like, and what it means is all bets are off. He's like, uh, me and my family are going on the run. He's like, once you guys find Max Katie, then we'll come back to town. And I'm like, eh, I think they're also probably going to send some U.S. Marshals to find you, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, the two dead bodies at your house and your fingerprints and all the blood and all. Um, so, uh, he gets off the phone and Lee's like, so what'd the cops say? And he's like, well, we're fugitives, which means we must be doing something right. Is that how that works? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Never at any point in my life have I been like, you know what? I need to get back on the right path in life. Time to become a fugitive. Cops are after me. <laughs> I need Tommy Nailing Lee it. Jones coming after me. Um, so, uh, they get in their SUV and they drive off and we get to see that Max has strapped himself to the undercarriage of the SUV and is riding along with them. Yep. And, by the way, this SUV is, like, a lifted fucking Jeep. It's, like, one of those wood panel Jeeps. Dude, I put it, like, it's riding on, like, 22s. It's yeah. Fucking <laughs> it's high as shit. Any person driving next to them at any point would clearly see a man strapped under this thing and be like, uh, you got a guy underneath your car. <laughs> yeah. and, and the guy that's, like, sitting there putting shit in his trunk, too, it almost looks like he notices him because he kind of stops and looks at the car like, a fucking guy under there. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, I mean, I could see if it was like a low-riding car and it was kind of hard to see, but no, this guy is clearly just yeah hanging on to the bottom. Yeah, it looks, and 
for how long they're riding, that has to be the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Are yeah. you telling me nothing like kicks up from the ground and like hits you in the back of the head? Well, in a minute fuck- here, when he does come down, he is kind of all fucking dirty. And yeah, yeah, but I would just think there would be it would be like trauma, to, like traumatic to your body. Could have been from the murder the night before too. Yeah, that that could too. Um, so uh, they arrive at their boathouse in Cape Fear. And uh, everybody goes inside the boat, and Max, like, unstraps himself from the SUV. He, he is covered in dirt and looks like shit. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, goes inside the convenience store. Or well, okay, so right, dock when, right when he building. Unst- yeah, right when he unstraps himself, he, like, rolls out and he stands up, and there's, like, a lady that, like, works there or something yeah. watching this whole thing and looking right at him, like, what the fuck? And he just kind of looks at her and just wanders into, like, a bathroom to go take a bathroom bum shower. Yeah, I was just going to say, to clean himself in a kitchen or bathroom sink yeah uh, which by the way i worked in a bar for a long time and i've seen bum showers you've seen bum oh, showers? total bum showers man <laughs> i've watched a few bum showers in my day yeah <laughs> it was my job to supervise bum showers so uh he then rents a boat and follows the and by the way this is another great scene from the simpsons episode where uh sideshow bob unstraps himself from the bottom of the car and then steps on about 20 rakes yeah <laughs> they so good knocking all the the the, the uh, what is it? The, the cactus needles out of them and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Cause oh, yeah. They drove, they the, drove through the, the, the shortcut through the cactus field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two against one. Uh, so uh, he rents a boat and he follows the, the Bowdens out onto the, the waterways there. And uh, we see a storm is coming. We get thunder and lightning. Oh, my. And uh, uh, the boat is anchored like in a small river near like lots of brush and swamp and stuff like that. I was going to say, it looks like they're in a swamp. And uh, the family's eating dinner and they have burgers and fried food. Looks like fried fish. Where the hell did they get that from? They caught it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up on the way. I'm like, if they if they pick that up at the, on the way, that would be some nasty food to be eat. Like, imagine eating cold, fast food hours later. Like you've never fucking done that. Yeah. <laughs> Not many times. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I would have been drunk. I wouldn't have been sitting there so Well, yeah, that's here. saying. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know how many times I've eaten cold fast food all drunk and high and shit? Like, I'm going to eat the fuck out of this. I don't care how old it is or how long it's been sitting in this bag on my table. <laughs> so uh, Sam tells them that he's going to start fishing the next day. And Lee's like, well, we should have enough food here to last them at least a week. And then she realizes that maybe they might be there longer than that. And she's like, but it would be nice. And then the rain, like, starts coming down in sheets, almost as though it was on cue. And uh, the boat starts rocking with waves, and Sam's like, okay, uh, I'll go outside to check the anchor. And Daniel's like, oh, stay inside. And he's like, oh, we're alone here, honey. Don't worry about it. And Lee's like, yeah, we're safe on the river. And Sam takes the gun with him anyways because, you know, we're safe. Don't worry. And uh, he goes outside, and he checks the anchor. And he, like, hears the sound of, like, creaking boards and stops, like, what he's doing to kind of look around. Um, And then... uh, uh, Danielle's inside and she's crying about the dead maid and she says that uh, she had a family and Lee's like oh I'll get in touch with the family as soon as I can I'm like what do you mean as soon as you can you could have called them a bunch of times now maybe the police already did that yeah because you know I'm sure there's a huge crime scene going on at your house <laughs> as there was a double murder the night before and uh, she like puts a, like a pot of water to like boil on the stove and they were making tea or something like that right I guess and yeah. she asks Sam if he, he wants some but uh, he can't hear them because he's outside in a crazy storm and they he doesn't respond so they both start calling for him and he's like i can't hear you the wind is too strong and uh he starts walking around the deck and then is grabbed by the neck and like pulled to the roof of the, the boat that's some fucking strength Max. right there Fuck man. Yeah, it is. he grabs him by the neck this at least like i don't know 200 pound fucking man and just one-handed picks him up onto the second it level by his neck some wwf shit right there. yeah it was it was pretty nuts but okay another thing i was thinking just before this was 
So he paid that one dude to like take him in a boat to follow their houseboat. Yeah. So first of all, if you're cruising down this river swamp thing, you know, and you're the only boat out there, you would probably notice another boat following you. Second of all, when he told this guy that he had bring him out there, like, oh, we're close enough, we're good. I'm getting off here. Did he just like slide into the swamp like Sia? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wasn't this guy like, hmm, something's not right about this? Just seemed kind of odd how he made it out there by paying off this guy to take him out there. Yeah, it did. It did seem odd. Uh, then uh, um, the women hear like a noise from the roof, and uh, Max knocks Sam out and ties him up. And then uh, he cuts the rope that is attached to the anchor, which didn't seem right. Like, do you use just normal like twine rope to? For an anchor? Wouldn't it be like a stronger quality cord? No, I mean uh, we I had a boat and it was a it was a rope. Yeah, but I think it was like a nylon rope actually nylon. what we it's, had, but yeah, yeah. that's a material usually. Uh, Alright, so uh the both women like start to feel the boat move because the, the rope was cut and they're no longer tethered to the ground. And uh Lee is like, What's going on, Sam? Like what's going on up there? And Max comes in to the boat, like to the main living area of the boat. Lee screams. And she's like, You know, my husband's here and he has a gun. And Max raises his shirt and shows the gun, like, tucked in his waist. He's like, you mean this gun? And he tells... <laughs> That's when you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at Danielle, and he's like, sweetheart, I told you you couldn't get rid of your problems by running away from them. And she's like... She kind of giggles, and she's like, I didn't run away. Like, my parents brought me here. Yeah, immediately. She's got, like, this smile. Like, oh, it's good to see you. Like, what? Yeah. And <laughs> he's... What the fuck is wrong with you? He smiles back at her, and he's like, so where's the book? Where's sex is at? And she's like, I left it at the house. He's like, oh, I was hoping we'd be able to read from it aloud together. And she's like, well... I did memorize some parts of it, you know, so that we could talk about it. And he's like, oh, really? What part? And she starts to giggle, and she's like, you know what part? And he's like, I don't think you did your homework, darling. And uh, she's like, well, I did because I knew you'd be here, and I knew you'd follow me here. And I realized at one point that she was, like, playing him. Yeah. But at first I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, exactly, because she was being all fucking giddy and stuff. And uh, he's like, oh, you know. You seem to know me pretty good. He's like, and you're going to get to know me a lot better. And uh, she begins to cry and then grabs the pot of boiling water and throws it on Max. He doesn't even flinch. No. And this reminded me of a different Simpsons episode where Homer goes into the house to talk to Mr. Burns about something. And he puts on the pot of water and then he throws it at him like 30 seconds later. And he's like, still cold. <laughs> like, oh, let me get you a towel then. <laughs> um, and... Max looks at her, he's like, were you trying to offer me something hot? And then he lights a flare, and he's like, you know, I was trapped with people for 14 years that were less than human. My goal was to be more than human. He's like, my daddy was a snake handler, and my grandpa, he used to drink cyanide, uh, or strychnine, strychnine. Yeah. And uh, he holds the flare, and, like, the bubbling liquid that's coming off of the flare, like, pours down his hand. And he doesn't flinch from that either. Yeah. I'm like, wouldn't his skin be melting off? Exactly. Like, I can I mean, understand you're tough, but... Yeah, you have a tolerance for pain. That's fine. But that doesn't make your fucking physical body yeah, more resistant. Yeah, you're not Luke Cage. To, I mean, yeah. It was, it was kind of fucked up. And I was thinking, too, it's like, oh, so your daddy got bit by a lot of snakes. So now you're immune to molten stuff? Yeah, like, you're immune to boiling water and, like, flame. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, so he breaks a window and, like, tosses the flare outside. And he's like... And he puts his hand through the window, too. Yeah. Have you ever put your hand through a fucking glass? Yeah, because I cut. have. You get I have fucking brutal scars because of that fucking shit, man. Yeah. Fucks you up. Yeah, we have a buddy, uh, former guest. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't want to out him, but uh, he knows who he is, and he punched through a window and fucked himself up real bad when we were younger. Yeah, he'll come out in his own time. <laughs> so uh, um, he uh, he tells Danielle, he's like, you know, I forgive you. He's like, I know that wasn't the true you. 
he's like, but, uh, you know, you're still going to have to wait in the hole. And he opens up a storage, like, little locker underneath the, like, a, like a, a bed or something like that. And he tells her to get inside. And she's like, no. She starts screaming. He grabs her by the hair and, like, throws her underneath and locks the door behind her. And uh, he asks Lee, he's like, are you ready to be born again? And he's ready to rape her. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, he starts getting towards her. At first, she kind of fights him off. And then he grabs her. He rips her clothes off. And she kind of stops struggling so much. And uh, he kisses her with, like, a lot of tongue as she, like, keeps her mouth shut, which was a weird, like, thing to see. It was like he, like, went in for that, and she was, like, tight-lipped as could be. Yeah, I mean, well, when you usually try to make out with a chick and she's not into it, it's kind of what happens. I know, but I've never seen that before like that, like, where someone is, like, all tongue in and the other guy, the other person is just, like, stone-faced. Well, then you haven't lived. I guess not. <laughs> uh, so, uh... Danielle then, like, lights a match that she finds in the storage area and, like, starts trying to look around in there for a weapon. And uh, Max goes down and starts sucking on Lee's tit. Yeah, like, dude, he gets some fucking titty action right here. Real weird and pervy. And, uh, pervy? He's a fucking rapist. Uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, you're you can't right. really call him pervy. Yeah. He's not an awkward teenager sucking his first tit. <laughs> like, he's about to fucking brutally rape this chick, so he wanted some tit. Uh, you're, you're, okay, you're right. You're 100% right. And uh, she doesn't really seem to not like or not not like what's happening. You know, like she doesn't like she's have to has to act like she's into I don't know. yeah like she's acting well, like she's into it I guess maybe just so it would yeah potentially not he wouldn't kill her so soon and yeah. uh, rape her right away and Sam starts to come to outside and like sees what's happening through the window my wife's titty <laughs> and Danielle <laughs> finds a bottle of lighter fluid in the storage area and like pockets it for later and uh, right as Max starts to rape uh, Lee she tries to like grab the pistol that he has like ducked in his back pocket. And uh, he stands up, and he handcuffs her to, like, a post or a railing that's inside the boat. And uh, he then, like, goes outside, grabs Sam, and pulls him back in, and Lee starts screaming. And he tells him that uh, he's going to basically rape Danielle in front of them. Uh, And uh, Sam tells him to stop, and Max kicks him in the face a few times. And uh, Lee begins to, like, beg Max to stop. And uh, she tells him that, you know, since this all began, she's been thinking about him, and she understands loss, and that... uh, Maybe she can share this with him because they have a connection. And she says that she wants him to do it to her and not to do it to Danielle because of the the strong bond and connection that the two of them have. And Max looks at her and uh, he looks at Sam and he's like, you know, what do you think? And then uh, he goes, he uncuffs Lee, and he tells her that her speech was very powerful and emotional. And that he thanks her because it's going to make him enjoy this even more. Yeah, like you did nothing. Yeah, and uh, he then leans back and starts to light his cigar and Danielle pulls out the lighter fluid and, like, sprays Max in the face. And his head and chest, like, burst into a fireball. Yep. And uh, he runs off the boat and jumps into the river, which, yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, probably the best idea for what's happening here. And right uh, I was thinking, too, because he seems to be so immune to fire that he would just sit there laughing it <laughs> off and keep smoking while his face is on fire. That would have been great. Lights the cigar off his chest instead of yeah. the actual lighter. A truck drives through the boat and he just disappears. <laughs> so uh, the ladies free Sam, and uh, he gets behind the wheel of the boat, like trying to take control of it as it's like, like kind of like going out of control in the rough current. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's out of control down the liquid road. <laughs> And uh, Max Check out is, our uh, Italian job. Yeah, Italian job. episode. Yeah. yeah, they were in Venice. Uh, so Max's hand pops out of the water and it grabs the rope that used to like be attached to the anchor. And uh, Sam starts pulling the rope back in, and Max is not at the other end of it. And uh, just as he gets it all back in, uh, Max puts the pistol to the side of Sam's head, and uh, the the boat is just like floating in the stormy waters. And Sam's like, "Someone needs to drive the boat. We're about to hit like rough water." 
And Daniel's like, I can do it. And Max puts the gun in her face, and he's like, you sit right the fuck there. And uh, Max starts asking Sam a bunch of questions about the trial. Like, And he, like, asks about his victim's past sexual history being investigated. And he does the whole thing like a court proceeding. Like, do you swear to tell the truth? And, like, Your Honor, I know the witness is being hostile, but, you know, can I treat him like as a, you know, whatever. Yeah, and when he's talking to Your Honor, he's looking behind him up in the air, but looking directly at the audience and the camera. It was yeah. kind of weird. Like, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall, but not really because he wasn't acknowledging the audience. But he was, I don't know, it, was, it just seemed kind of strange. Shot it, yeah. yeah. And uh, Sam keeps acting like he doesn't remember anything about the the trial or, or what Max is talking about, and Max just keeps hitting him. And then eventually Sam admits to the woman having had three previous sexual partners in the previous week before he raped At her. At least. And he's like, why did you bury the evidence, Sam? He's like, because you were a brutal rapist. He's like, and he starts screaming, and he's like, you're a betrayer. He's like, I sentenced you to the ninth level of hell, and tells him that he was his lawyer and he was supposed to defend him, or the ninth circle of hell. And he's like, you will learn about loss. Uh, and uh, he tells the two women to start taking their clothes off and get down on their knees. And they both scream in terror. And Danielle's like, no, I won't. And Max grabs her by the hair and like puts her to her knees. And he tells them both to start taking their clothes off. And he's like, tonight you're going to live like animals and you're going to die like animals. And uh, Max tries to like handcuff Sam to the railing. And uh, the weather is terrible. The boat starts being tossed around. Uh, the tiny ship was tossed. And uh, the it hits a rock, and they're all, like, knocked down. And uh, Max falls over. Everybody else kind of falls the other way, and they get up and try to run for escape. And uh, the boat's, like, spinning in the water. And Lee and Danielle both jump off the boat into the, the river. And just as Ma- uh, Sam is about to jump off, Max grabs his ankle and pulls him back inside. And uh, the pistol's laying on the ground just out of Sam's reach. And they're getting tossed around inside because the boat is, like, bouncing all over the place in the water. And uh, Sam flies in one direction at one point, and Max kind of goes in the other. And uh, Sam goes into hiding, and his Max goes and picks up the gun. And uh, Max is, like, looking for Sam, but can't find him in this tiny little boat. Uh, and, I mean, it's a houseboat, but it's still, you know, smaller than the room that we're in. Oh, big time, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Max moves forward, and Sam then, like, trips him and handcuffs his ankle to the railing. And uh, Max, and this whole time he's holding the gun and could have easily shot him in the face. Easily. Yep. And he falls down and he shoots at Sam, but he's got really bad aim, and uh, he misses. So the, the boat is heading for, like, a bunch of large rocks, and it hits it, and one of the rocks, like, tears the boat pretty much in half. Like, it splits it on the belly. Yeah, it titanics that shit. And, Which uh, show, by the way, today is the uh, anniversary, anniversary of that shit, it huh? It is. Oh. Indeed. Hmm. Look at that. Of the All movie, right. you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the recent release of the movie is more time, by right? Wait, that was based on a true story? <laughs> uh, so Sam jumps off the boat, and uh, he uh, starts making it towards shore, and Max is still handcuffed to the boat. And uh, the boat runs into the shore, and Sam gets up, and he goes to, like, get Max, I guess, you know, whatever. And uh, Max starts laughing and asks Sam if he forgot about the restraining order. He's like, you're well within 500 yards, counselor. And uh, Sam punches him right in the face. And Sam grabs a rock, hits Sam in the face, or Max grabs a rock, hits Sam in the face with it, and then throws it right at Sam's head and starts laughing at him. Yeah, that was a good shot, too, because he throws that rock and hits him right in the face. It made me laugh my ass off. It was so funny. And uh, Sam gets up. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he picks up a big rock and he holds it over his head to, like, smash it down into Max's face. And uh, right as he's about to come down with it, a big wave comes and, like, pushes Max and the boat, like, the not even the boat, like, the the chunk of of, floating out into the river. And uh, it saves Max's life, but also, like, dooms Max to death. Uh, So the boat starts floating away, and uh, he starts speaking in tongues as the boat starts to sink. 
Why? Why was he I don't speaking know. He tongues? mentioned something earlier about that. Yeah, but... there was a couple times where he was quoting some pretty, you know, weird shit, like far out there stuff. Yeah, from, Bible from, shit. And he yeah. did mention something about speaking. Oh, what did he say? He's like, after a night with me, you'll be speaking in tongues when he's yeah. about to rape the wife or something. Yeah. And uh, the boat start, or the, the wreckage starts uh, sinking, and he starts to sing until he can't keep his mouth above the water. And then uh, at one point, like, all it is is him. And Sam locking eyes as he is still being like pulled under. Yeah, and like, like you the... see that he's trying to like pull himself up, but he can't. Uh, and you can see like the the water levels like just below his eyes, like just below his nose, almost. You know yeah. what I mean? So like this is the final moment, but he's just staring right at him. You know, like I'm I'm not giving up until it's completely fucking over type yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually he like disappears from view, and uh, um, I, I almost wanted like a Terminator thumbs up here. <laughs> where it just went underwater. Or a Friday the 13th, like, popping out of the water one last time. Uh, so Sam, like, washes the blood off of his hands in the river and then gets spooked by, like, a hallucination that he has for, like, half a second. Yeah, like he was going to come back out and, yeah. like, he was going to Friday the 13th out of the water. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be, like, some metaphorical type thing with him washing the bloods, uh, blood, bloods off his hand. Bloods <laughs> um, and crypts? Yeah. Uh, no, just washing the blood off his hands uh, as, like, um, you know, as if... I don't know, but it's not necessarily, and then with the hallucination, it's not necessarily erasing his past, you know, misgivings or misdoings as well. It's just, I don't know, I think there was an attempt at something there. He brought this upon himself? Yep. Yeah, he did. And uh, Sam kind of remains kneeling r- near the riverbed uh, while it pours rain on top of him. And uh, Lee and Danielle both wash up on shore, and they both, like, grab each other and hug each other and start crying. And Sam kind of makes his way over there. He joins them. He hugs them. And then we get... Near, more narration from Danielle, and she says that uh, they never spoke to each other about that night, and they don't even speak uh, Max's name to each other. She's like, and, uh, you know, I don't even really dream about him all that much anymore either. She's like, I'm just trying to move on with my life. I've decided to put all this behind me and to to choose to live. And then she says, the end, and the movie ends. Yeah. So that that's all. With, like, a negative view again. Of her eyes. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. It wasn't as creepy as I remember when I was younger, but yeah, I think that's just an age thing too. Though. I think so I think too. So. Yeah. But uh, but it it was good. It's a it's a very good remake. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. You know, if you yeah. if you haven't seen it for whatever reason, you know, but check it out. It's definitely worth. Yeah, watching. great performances, uh, awesome cinematography, just uh, yeah, really good thriller. Cool, cool. So uh, okay, warnings, recommendations. Who wants to go first? Go yeah, for it. I'll do it. Um, I got another Netflix. It's a Netflix original, I guess, but it's a remake. It's uh, Lost in Space. Which uh, remake? Yeah, right. I guess if uh, if we were doing TV shows, we could fucking do this one. <laughs> but yeah, so the original Lost in Space is from I think 1965 started something like that. I uh, never really saw a lot of it because I mean this is when my dad was a kid when this shit was out type of thing. You know, Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will Robinson. Exactly. Yeah, and that's actually comes up in this. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I know a lot about the original Lost in Space more through pop culture references and Simpsons episodes than I do the actual show itself. So I'm very aware of it. But anyway, so Netflix decided to reboot it, and uh, it's pretty good. I started watching it with my friends kids and they love it i actually enjoy it a lot it's basically um a family the robinsons leave earth for whatever reasons i won't really spoil anything but they leave earth to go colonize somewhere else and they end up getting lost in space as the title suggests and uh 
yeah, they kind of just have to survive out there and go through their things. Um, Molly Parker is probably the biggest name in this, along with Parker Posey. So you got Molly Parker and Parker Posey, which is kind of, <laughs> I thought was kind of Molly funny. Parker Posey? Mo- Molly Parker Posey. Yeah, the um, casting director was out of mission to get anyone with the name Parker in it. Yeah, right? They had to get that. Sarah done. Jessica Parker. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's definitely kid-friendly as well as okay for adults. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not a kid show to where you'll be like, oh, shit, I got to watch this type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely kid-friendly. I think it's actually TVPG to be honest um okay. it doesn't really get too brutal on certain things but it's it's good sci-fi i enjoyed it you know um my dad actually tried watching it but he wasn't too into it i think it just kind of conflicted a little too much with the uh with the original that he remembers I th- he even told me he's like oh it's not hokey enough type of thing you know what i mean yeah he kind of wanted it to be a black and white hokey uh 60s <laughs> sitcom almost you yeah. know so it wasn't really his thing but you know, don't don't take that with a grain of salt. Anyways, just uh, yeah, check it out. Lost in Space, Netflix original, I guess original remake. Cool. So, yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Mike, you want to go? Yeah, I'm also going to recommend something. This is a 1956 French film, all black and white, uh, called A Man Escaped. My dad had actually recorded it. I think it was on AMC or one of those stations that plays like the the critical Turner hits. Classics. Yeah, it may yeah. have been that. Yeah. And uh, but this it was. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting much. Honestly, I was expecting to be bored out of my mind, but it was phenomenal. It was like the tension of it was very Hitchcockian. Uh, you know, I guess that's the same era that it's, you know, that he was kind of still uh, turning out the films. But it's about um, a French resistance fighter during World War II who, uh, along with some of his comrades, gets uh, captured. And uh, the bulk of the film, if not all of it, is uh, them trying to escape uh, a POW camp. Um, in, it's actually in... I believe it was in France, but uh, and uh, the cool thing was I read about it a little bit, a little bit afterward. It was uh, very, it was a true story, and the director Robert Brisson, who I guess is one of the like big, um, you know, big producers slash directors of the of French cinema in their history of cinema, uh, wanted a completely accurate uh, depiction of what occurred, and uh, it was based on a, um, the screenwriters. Uh, memoirs uh are what they turned into this film they actually filmed it in the same prison that uh that he that the writer was uh uh in during world war ii uh, another cool thing was or not not cool that he was but uh the director himself that robert person was also a pow so he was able to very much relate to the source material i guess but it was uh yeah one of the best french films i've ever seen and they do make some pretty good horror movies i i guess but uh yeah it's a uh, it was. I, I could see why it's a classic. It's, it's on a ton of the greatest movies of all time lists and stuff, and uh, highly recommend it. Nice. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, and I'm also going to have a recommendation here. Uh, another Netflix. Wait, you have one too? I do too. Yes. Uh, so uh, um, it's called Nailed It. It's on Netflix. I've seen it's, this. Uh, it's awesome. It's a cooking show, but it's not uh, your normal cooking show. The idea is they bring in people who have absolutely no – well, I shouldn't say no skill – but little to no skill Legit at, amateurs. at baking. Yeah. And they have them try to recreate, like, you know, things that are done by, like, world-renowned pastry chefs or, like, uh, bakers or, you know, like a, the one lady was a uh, celebrity um, wedding cake designer or something yeah. like that. Well, the stuff they have them do, too, it's, like, food sculptures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a cake that looks like something fucking super elaborate and then just have these regular Joes try to recreate it. So they, it's it's hosted by Nicole Byer, who's a funny comedian, comedic actress. Um, and she they, uh, they have three people who come on. Uh, they do a first round that's kind of like a warm-up round, and then the second round is for $10,000. Uh, they get two hours to bake a cake and mold it and design it and decorate it and make it look like it's supposed to look with the other thing. 
and it is funny as hell because of how I mean, like, they're always so off. Yeah, they're 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 yeah, bad, and I mean, you know, obviously, none of us here are. I mean, I can cook, but I'm not an amazing baker, and I definitely you could give me a lot longer than they give these people, and I could not recreate. Yeah, well, things, I mean, like, you know. I could bake a cake if you wanted me to, but can I bake a cake that looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa to the fucking T? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. and that's the type of stuff they have them do, like, yeah. recreate these crazy recreate fucking the, things. The Leaning you know Tower what I mean? of the YMCA on Tui the Avenue here in uh, Chicago yeah, yeah. area. I mean, that's not the original? <laughs> <laughs> that's not Pisa? That's, that's uh, So, uh, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's six episodes long. It's a half-hour show. Um, it's, you know, just kind of one of those things you can turn on and, and laugh your ass off at... Uh, you know, yeah, somebody, I've seen it. I'll definitely vouch for your silly. recommendation here. It is fun. So, uh, yeah, if you if you got a half hour, watch the first episode. Uh, I, if, and if you like cooking shows, I think it will – it's a nice little twist on the idea of a cooking show. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my recommendation. Nailed it. Netflix. Um, so next week we are going to be watching Mission Impossible 2. Uh, you can check it out on HBO Go, YouTube, Amazon Video, Vudu, Google Play, and iTunes. And, uh, and speaking of iTunes, uh, if you can, while you're uh, out there, maybe, you know, give us somewhere between 30 seconds and two minutes of your life and go to iTunes and rate and review the show. You can give us five stars. Um, you can say anything you want. You know, you can tell us the color of your car. You can tell us what your favorite snack is. Yep. Um, what's the worst movie you've seen recently? Put that in the review. They uh, like dry beans. Even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, but yeah, just five stars, rate and review. Tell your friends about the show. It really helps us out a lot. Um, it, yeah. Our Facebook page is uh, up and going again, too. Uh, it was kind of on a little bit of a hiatus there for a while, but we got that going now. We're starting to get the likes back up on that. So just go do uh, It's Been Done Before. You can just look it up on <clears throat> Facebook and it on it'll a, pop up. On so. a hiatus because of that. Benedict Arnold Clare that used to be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it went down with her. Uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, check us out Facebook. I got Instagram and Twitter as well at IBDB Podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, 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 please, please do. We got a new slightly redesigned web uh, site, so check that out too. And uh, and we love you, Claire. Sorry, I was just fucking around. Yeah, yeah. So have a great week, everybody. Watch Mission Impossible too, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for sticking with us through another episode of It's Been Done Before. We love doing the episodes for you, and we hope you guys love listening. So if you want to let us know, get at us on all of our social media networks. Uh, You can go to Twitter or Instagram. It's at IBDB Podcast. You can go to Facebook. uh, Just search It's Been Done Before. Our website is itsbeendonebefore.com, and you can send us an email through Gmail at uh, IBDBpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.